welcome. Welcome to Three Canadian Thumbs. Monday edition, Jim Davis. <laughs> we don't hate Mondays because this is going on. This no. podcast. That's right. We just hate Jim Davis. Well, yeah, we, we, we hate Jim Davis and Garfield and his significance in pop culture that's severely overblown. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Three Canadian Thumbs, and we're here to entertain you and tell you how we entertain yourselves and how you should entertain yourself, too. So I am Jamie. Uh, Corey Barlog. <laughs> Yes, that's his name today. Uh, I am Pierre, a.k.a. Balrog. <laughs> From Street Fighter 2. Oh, Turbo yeah. edition. Four, five. Alpha? That's true. No, I don't think he's in three. How, how many, how many no. editions of Street Fighter 2 no. was there? Super Street Fighter 2. Not enough. <laughs> Turbo. Zero. Alpha. Zero. Alpha's not two. Yeah, yeah. No, that was Alpha 2. Super Street Fighter Alpha 2 with the no, four. No, Alpha, yes! Alpha is like an entirely different series. Mm -hmm. so what? Really? It's prequels, right? Yeah, it's, the, it's in between one and two. What, what, was it, what was it called when they added those four characters? You know, Kami, the, 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 the Tomahawk guy. The new Challengers. New Challenger. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. This is making me nostalgic. There's mm -hmm. at least five different versions. Yeah, with Faye. Was it Phelan? Because when they added the four characters, it became slow again, and then they released another version that was quick again. How turbo! There was also Street Fighter II, the movie, the game. Oh, yes. Huh. That would end Bison. It was like a Mortal Kombat clone. Yeah, it was, it was a really bad Mortal yeah, Kombat clone. Weird. I remember seeing it in the arcades, and I was like, there's something wrong with this. There is. <laughs> <laughs> it was the people is. marketing it that had something wrong in their heads. There's Jean-Claude. Jean-Claude's pretty wrong. Yeah. Apparently he's a good stuntsman. Stuntsman. That's hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> we're ashamed of him and we're Canadian. Yeah. But, uh... Well, that doesn't make you yeah. a good actor. Like, I mean, there and there's other, like, stuntsmen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's Jackie exactly. Chan. That's what, there's yeah, Lee, there's I didn't say he was Donnie the best. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> they can act as well. Yeah, true. <laughs> cannot. Yeah. And apparently I think, like, everyone was on cocaine throughout the shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Even, even, uh... We're already talking about cocaine. It's like five minutes in. Yeah, yeah. Kylie Minogue. Pierre Tacky Kylie Minogue was Cammy. You know that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, I thought, she, oh yeah, she was Cammy. Okay. Yep. Wait, Kylie Minogue was Cammy? Yeah. Are you shitting me? How did I miss that? She working. Yeah. Oh my god. Kylie <laughs> Minogue was Cammy? Yeah. <laughs> in Street Fighter, the movie, the uh, the the, the, the yeah, movie? The, the movie was the movie. like, they used the game license and then they made a game that uses the license that used the movie that used the license from the game. <laughs> it's like going to Google trans Translate like two or three times. <laughs> from English to something else, back to English, and then you get whatever Street Fighter 2, the movie, the game was. I, I, you blew my mind, Kylie Minogue. Mm -hmm. God damn. <laughs> All this time. Wasted. <laughs> I don't think she... Yeah. yeah. She's in a probably normal uh, army garb. She didn't look like Cammy, right? 
Yeah, yeah, she did not look like Cammy, like in the in, in the traditional Cammy kind of like uh, unitard kind of. Uh, she had a unitard. Yeah, it would make sense, like if they picked Kylie Minogue because she was known for her ass. My memories, I remember yeah. she might have had the unitard, maybe not as like heavy as like Street Fighter Five or something. Yeah, right? yeah. But so, it's like, uh, yeah, she was known for her music also. Oh, also, oh, I'm proud to put this in my tags. Yeah. Kylie Minogue's ass. <laughs> so yeah, today we're gonna talk about how you're gonna how we entertained ourselves in the past uh, three weeks. Is that three weeks? I think so. Yes. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a minute. It's been a it's been a hot minute. And lots of shit happened, and uh, remember that last time we did a podcast that was four hours and a half long. So we'll try to make it a little shorter this time, everyone. We promise. Well, that, was, that was two episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, let's start with our traditional um, with our traditional uh, lists from Rita. Uh, I'm passing it to Pierre this time. Oh yeah. <laughs> I should have made a list. Whatever. Yeah. I've been playing a lot of Street Fighter V lately. <laughs> oh yeah? <laughs> yeah, I bought it. I can't I, tell. I just nice. bought it um, three weeks ago, I think. It was like 20 something. Yeah, 20 bucks. Oh, that game has been out With since what? 2016? Uh, yeah, but yeah. it came with all the 2016, 2017 uh, DLC. And it doing, did? doing just the story mode gave me access to half the 2017, 2018 uh, DLC. Oh, great. So, like, it, it's pretty cool. Like, I, I had a lot of content. It was nice to go back to uh, Balrog. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. <laughs> if I bought this uh, a year ago, Nice. If I'm not mistaken, if I if, shit, if my memory side <laughs> yeah, if my memory serves me well, it would have cost me a thousand two hundred dollars to have all the DLC. Oh yeah, I'm not talking about the costumes. No, <laughs> uh, oh no, no costumes, no, just no. the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh okay, 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 okay. Good. Yeah, yeah, no. Just yeah, the yeah, good yeah. DLC. Yeah, it doesn't come with all the costumes because they want to, they want you to buy those. Yeah. Yeah, Understood. Yeah. Aren't they like in a kind of like uh, like the way the game is has designed its monetization is like you have to buy the game, but you can also buy like all sorts of costumes and stuff like that, so, like most like free to play games, kind of. But yeah, it, but there's there's like a yeah. fake fake out where um, you basically make money by fighting online mm-hmm. or doing like the story mode or whatever. You, yeah, you, you make some like fake currency, mm-hmm. and you can buy characters with that. And some costumes, but not the cool ones. Mm. So, like, yeah. the cooler ones bring you to the PS store where you need to, like, spend six bucks on a single costume. Oof. Yeah. Because I, I saw one that where I was like, wow, this costume is amazing. Like, <laughs> I want it. And I pressed, and six dollars for one costume. I'm like, rue. What? Six dollars, though? Yeah. Wow. So, uh, which is pretty weird because um, it's just a character. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in a fighting game. Yeah, I don't get it. But I mean, if you if you play every day and it's your one game, mm-hmm. or like if not? you just have your main and like you want, yeah, yeah, you want your main, your main's costume. Yeah. I have a friend who plays Tammy and she has like all her costumes, and they actually they do they implement it well where you can change it can change through rounds. 
Okay. So like yeah, it lives so around your costume changes. Okay, so you can set it up. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Because the thing is that like, it's weird that a game like that exists where you have to buy the game, and then there's also that form of monetization. Yeah. And then you have something mm-hmm. in the OA Six, which I know it's a different game, but mm-hmm. you have a free edition. Oh yeah, with like. With the core fighters, four, so yeah, what like four characters? Four, yeah, like or three. And then mm-hmm. you can like play. You can unlock some mm. characters, some costumes, and stuff like that. Or you can buy them like. Yeah, piece that takes by a piece. long time, but but, yeah, but apparently it's super expensive if you buy like oh yeah one and everything. Like it, it's still a lot of money, so it's still not like even or fair yeah. necessarily. But like I feel like Street Fighter kind of does both. Like you buy it came the game out too. Like uh, it was a weird thing where it came out because uh, well, Capcom didn't have money to put in Street Fighter anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how they budgeted that because like they it's had a deal with PlayStation. They, so yeah, PlayStation funded like half it's the game only, or something. Yeah, because it's not on. Uh, and it was it came out unfinished. <laughs> yeah, it's on nothing else. Mm-hmm. Oh, a PC. Uh, yeah. PC okay. and like PlayStation. So so it came out unfinished. There was like no story. There was nothing. Uh, I know it's a fighting game, but story matters more and more with fighting games. And they mm-hmm. learned their lesson. They released like also six fighters a year or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Well, I've got a small question. Um, I saw this in the game. I just want to see how they implemented. Is it true that you can turn on ads on the characters in order to earn more currency? Ads that you need to buy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's part of the costumes. Uh, is it really intrusive? Are you like kind of? It's they made it cool. Like the ones I've I've watched uh, while fighting online because I haven't bought anything. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're cool. They're oh like yeah, cool costumes. Yeah. So they look like they kind of fit together. They're they're kind of like you know it's like those. A, it's like a, they're they're wrestlers or something. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. With the brands everywhere and everything, sponsored. like like it's a like Ferrari, a, like it's MMA like fighters a, are sponsored sometimes. Yeah, but but cooler NASCAR. because it's Street Fighter, right? It's <laughs> yeah. not just it's not NASCAR. Yeah. It's not like FIFA. It's not like where you only have a crest and yeah, yeah, just logos. Oh, so it doesn't look like idiocracy with like logos all over and stuff. It, it'll have that with certain characters that are like wrestlers or like mm. Muay Thai or like oh, like, so mm. so these fit a bit more. There's also a, a fake commercial right now, uh, like uh, basically during the loading, it's like brought to you by, but it's mm. like always something that uh, they've partnered with. So right now it's Uniqlo with Street Fighter because they, they made Street Fighter shirts. Oh, okay. So you, oh, you got I see. like art of the characters wearing Uniqlo, Uniqlo and, yeah, yeah. and vice versa there in the game. But it's the loading yeah. screen, so why not? Yeah, It's, it's actually pretty cool. It oh, feels it's like, like it's like you're watching... Uh, uh, an entertainment fight. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, remember in Mario Kart 8, there was like cars. Mercedes cars <laughs> in Mario Kart 8. Yeah, like, that was a little like, shameless. A bit cringy and they're like super shit. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, I guess something that happens now. Um, but it just makes me think because like the game came out in February of 2016 and now it's been going on. It's like we're yeah. way into like, you know, nearly midway through it's 2019. Year. Yeah. yeah. So it, it brings about like this like type of like games as a service and it, it really shows is. that it's like yeah. they're going for like the long term and just you release a game it's kind of has like the roadmaps we were talking about like oh yeah things, like anthem or something and then they just build on that and add more and more content yeah and like 
I just read an article by PC Gamer last week, which is about like how like crunch isn't always about just releasing a game, but it's also like just the constant needing to update a game yeah. over time and just like having to like constantly like uh, same with Assassin's Creed Odyssey that's constantly having content. Well, the purpose the purpose of like like a roadmap and like constant updates to an app or whatever mm-hmm. is to not have crunch. To like kind of plan it out plan it out and go with like how fast you're doing things and have not just a roadmap of like your work but of your team's efficiency mm-hmm. so eventually what you can just always be, yeah. have better budgets yeah that's the goal but the reality here it's, is it's yeah. working yeah it's i feel like the game, way it's game working, companies it's, don't yeah. know how to do it yet i guess it's, or it's, they just have to speak with their marketing team in order to reinforce those goals but no yeah <laughs> kind of backwards where yeah it's really like instead of just planning it out and trying to like have like set goals from teams like at like specific moments it's more like there's more to add every time and those goals are never really met on time necessarily like we saw it with anthem yeah they just had to drop they the could roadmap. have just said too like and that, that that's the kind, kind of the thing which i wish they did with street fighter as well like the game was unfinished they could have just said so like mm-hmm. hey we got the core game uh yes it's 80 bucks but you're gonna get free updates for a while and then blah 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 like believe in us mm-hmm. and kind of like mentality but but i feel but just yeah like releasing anthem and not saying it wasn't finished like is just garbage yeah. mode, you know? I, I just <laughs> like I, I don't uh, i don't want to play devil's advocate but on a monetization level like mm. if you're the person trying to get like the consumer's money yeah if they call it early access no one will want to pay full price for it and since it's constantly being updated what yeah. is a final version well you know with street fighter i the the the, the version i bought was arcade which is the first two years i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure when year four is over there's gonna be like a ultimate arcade or something and every two years they're just gonna re-release the game yeah they're gonna sell it full price oh yeah, yeah. but like some people buy it full price days. in 2016 yeah, yeah. then get the same thing as the people who paid full price in 2019 exactly. and i feel that's the point that's why they're they, they won't call it early access they'll or be, like they'll say be. our game mm. is not really finished but things are coming along yeah. because they can by pretending that it's finished they can sell it like in uh, online stores and on shelves full yeah. price and then still add more stuff and then that's the thing resell like, with, it full price over and over and over again they yeah. could do something mm-hmm. like a subscription based yeah as long as they don't I, sell because like a video game is much bigger than like uh kind of than it, like movies or something well so, money like, wise it, nice. it makes more money it, it could be nice yeah. to, to be like okay like if you pay five bucks every month to play street fighter mm-hmm and then you don't play for a month, so you don't pay. And then you want to go back to it, you pay another five, five bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, and they could do that with Anthem. They could do that with Destiny. They could do that. That would and be I, nice. Like five bucks sounds like very little mm-hmm. because that, that's me hoping. But also, like, you want to play many games, right? Well, it's like it's the MMO model where it's like a lot yeah. of them are just free to play or like you just have su- subscription based like Final Fantasy fourteen or something. Because they keep updating them. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I feel they like could, Street yeah. Fighter Five. And it uh, could could do that, or like another maybe six or whatever. But mm-hmm. eventually, that could be a nice model for fighting games because everybody wants everyone now. Mm-hmm. Like with uh, 
Smash Ultimate came out with all the the, the characters. Mm-hmm. Like that's the step you you gotta take at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. And I feel like uh, Street Fighter Five will keep going until they have everyone from the previous games. Yeah, yeah. But I they keep adding new characters, so mm-hmm. like they they're like, yeah, like that well, nobody really wants to play. So they're, <laughs> I feel like they're gonna go like one to one. Yeah, yeah, like one new character, one classic character, one new character, one classic character. But yeah, just thinking back, like on just the whole idea of like games going on for years and constantly needing to be updated, and I feel like roadmaps were a way to potentially plan it out. But I feel it's doing the opposite, like. Oh, absolutely. Just, just trying to describe it, I feel like, yeah, yeah just in, like in a perspective of crunch, what I feel like it's doing is that it's mostly just being reactive. Like everything, yes. everything that's being said like on forums or just like all the criticisms that are taken into account, it's kind of cool that they can be like rectified in a certain way, but yeah. problematically just creates a lot of pressure and a lot of work internally for the people making the games and then just like... Especially since they don't gauge the game like, ever done? like reaction culture well. We we can see that with the new Sonic movie, right? Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. a can of worms. Yeah. The that that trailer. That trailer came out and uh, the reactions were uh, Ooh. I was entranced by the community backlash of it. Oh my god, I saw every single angle of it. On, on, on gray zone websites like 4chan, on Reddit, on Facebook, on, on, on Discord servers, the memes, the porn that was derived from it immediately <laughs> after that of it course. dropped. You yeah. got, you gotta, you, yeah, so to, to, to the point of like reaction culture and getting it wrong, yeah. like they're gonna spend a couple more million on changing his look. <laughs> the and, and crunch like, time. Everyone in VFX. Like, yeah. They won't. Which are the companies that close at the end because they're not paying them and shit. Yeah. So like, um, life of pie. This is yeah. terrible. <laughs> this is absolutely terrible. And they're not even changing the release date. Well, it just shows also that there's no creative vision behind this film. Yeah, like but it's but at least if a director came yeah. out, I was like, that's my Sonic. But it's um, that's the thing. You, <laughs> it's not even that. All God. it shows is, oh, okay, that that's a weak ass movie. Yeah, and um, you know it's for kids, right? It's for like for it's for money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's for money. <laughs> it's not for kids. It's not for, for anyone. Parents' money. It's, it's yeah. yeah. It's I'll but, but you know, bring you not, in a dark room where fans, you will right? shut up for something close to two hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you will get your money for it. Yeah, it's just like to me changing Sonic, like the people who complained about it are like people who know about Sonic first mm-hmm. people who are kind of fans of Sonic because mm-hmm. a lot more people complain than Sonic fans yeah so, of course oh yeah you can't satisfy Sonic fans but it's ever. like a drop it's a, it's a drop in, in the bucket of mm-hmm. the people that it, it, it's targeting mm-hmm. this movie is targeting like a broad Hollywood audience right yeah yeah. So like changing him affects nothing at all. I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. If you change him to please the fans, yeah. the Hollywood aspect of it, the broad audience will just go like, "Oh, okay, cool." Plus for fans, like fans 
kind of expect shitty Sonic things at this point. Yes, like absolutely. Like when a well, Sonic things comes, unless out, you're deluded, like yeah, you should know. <laughs> yeah, but like making it better if they do kind of feels weird because I kind of want the shitty Sonic. Like I'm pissed yeah. that they're gonna make it better. Yeah, well, I understand you. It's like I wouldn't be happy if someone today wanted like the old like Mario Brothers movie to be remade. To oh, be more, yeah, oh like, man, fitting with like the current look of Mario. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad that movie's what it is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's oh, a train wreck, and we want to enjoy exactly. it, like the wrecking. Like, we'll make it better. <laughs> I want to see your initial train wreck vision yeah. of that movie, but yeah, yeah, I mean, Bowser's I, I, a I New have Yorker. To shout out all the people that say like, "Oh, Jim Carrey's carrying that movie." He's not. He's a <laughs> shit actor. <laughs> you're not the only one that thinks that by the way you're not the only one that thinks that surprised people think he's gonna carry the movie I don't yeah. think so I, th- I thought he it lo- yeah I, I share the sentiment like there's, there's this weird like vibe on the internet where people think that Jim Carrey was gone for a while but like no he wasn't he was never gone he's no? just been doing bad movies one after the other yes like uh, the man on the moon thing was like the big thing where they were like oh he went mm-hmm. to his character and he yeah. had to get out of public life for a while like 10 or 11 months later the Grinch came out like go fuck yourself he wasn't yeah. gone at all yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly they did Grinch he did um, you saw that documentary on Netflix about yeah. his oh my god his documentary about man on the moon yeah it was freaky. I loved it. I watched it twice, I think. I was like, wow, this guy's an asshole. Yeah, exactly. Shit. It's a good documentary, but it's, if you if you like don't take the narrative of it, you realize he's just a fucking prick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. he, he wasn't he's like dead. losing himself in the role. He was just being an asshole. Yeah, absolutely. He was Another on paycheck. super drugs yeah, and like, shit. <laughs> Yeah. Like he, he did that movie with penguins. <laughs> Remember that? Me neither. Yeah, Batman Forever. Yeah. There's a number... No, that was Batman Number Returns. 23, where he's like a killer because he sees the number 23 everywhere. Oh, uh, that was a really bad movie. Cable God Batman. damn. But that was way back. Yeah. 23, I watched it and I wanted to like, like it. It's fine. We all loved the like Ace Ventura when we were like four or it's five years old. It's terrible now. It's unwatchable. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> wait, wait. Oh, Ace Ventura 2. I gotta put my fist down. No, Ace terrible. Ventura 2. The, the scene where he gets shat out the rhinoceros that's with exactly his arm. That's what you're saying. That's, <laughs> that's the epitome of Jim Perry's career. It's oh my a, god! It's it's a fitting it's a fitting metaphor. it's a fitting end to yeah. his career, <laughs> being shot out by a mechanical rhinoceros. Like, <laughs> or also the beginning of his career too, like, or yeah, just yeah. the whole thing. It's, <laughs> it's a good joke, but it's not a good act. Like it's it's you can't you can't do a whole car- a career out of it because oh, you'll end true. up as fucking Eggman. <laughs> Like that's that's where you end up. That's the culmination. Oh my of god! That. Yeah. yeah, that's the new low. Yeah, everybody's like, "Oh, we Monday. want him back. We want it." Okay, here you go, Eggman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they call him Robotnik. Yeah, in uh, movie material or whatever, like in the Doctor. The- oh no! I can just imagine the egg puns. He's gonna. Pull oh, in, like with a smirk, like 
You have eggs. Rumors of I'm fond sadly, of eggs. A Ugandan knuckles appearance, and I oh think if that happens, God. like oh, this this I walk this out. This is just like this movie is just a checklist. <laughs> it's just a bunch of studio notes. I, I want tales. one after the other, and then credits. Like, there is no movie there. Yeah. There's a there's a thing that happened with Jim Carrey and uh, Tommy Lee Jones, and I think he he mentions it in the documentary where he. He met him at like a restaurant by accident because he was filming and they were all around. Mm. And he went to like Tommy Lee Jones' table who had his entourage and he didn't want him to sit there. Like, oh, really? He basically told him to fuck off. Mm-hmm. And like, he, he, Jim Carrey didn't get it. And he was like, what's wrong? Like, what did I do? And he just said, like, I cannot sanction your buffoonery. Oh, what? Really? You did something like that? Yeah. And, like, and that, that's how I, I cannot do. sanction your buffoonery. <laughs> I can't endorse was, these shenanigans. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lee Jones and Man in Black One. Yeah. <laughs> was it around that time or like? Uh, it was for the Batman movie. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, somewhere around that time, yeah, Man in Black, yeah. yeah. Wow, mm-hmm. how could he, <laughs> how could he have the gall to say that he can't endorse this buffoonery? Yeah, were, and he hated his face, man. Wow. Yeah. When he wasn't that cheesy ass movie with him, he <laughs> was just like, "I'm here, but I'm still like, I still got some pride, man." Don't oh my god. <laughs> I'm not one of you people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep this professional. We don't, to, we don't need to be friends. We don't need to... No need to dilly-dally here. I've, uh, I, I, I got really quickly back into uh, Barlog uh, playing. And it's been fun playing online uh, as the uh, big old uh, Russian guy. Oh yeah? Hmm. Um, Everybody kind of fears him, mm-hmm. so like I get the first win, but then I get destroyed. Oh yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> the Zangief. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Being Zangief. And oh man, it, I love. Did you feel like there was like a learning curve, like to getting back into like Street it's Fighter? The easiest one. Yeah, it's the most accessible Street Fighter game. They've uh, dumbed down most characters, mm. and there's no gimmicks. Like uh, four had a gimmick, three had a gimmick. This one is just like plain and simple, and it kind of like lacks for that. Like it, there, it's too easy, kind mm. of. But um, it's it less feels like an ultimate version. Like, uh, hey, you know, you remember Street Fighter? Mm-hmm. You're gonna enjoy this. Okay. Yeah. So I don't feel like there's a learning curve. Though. I do yeah. remember that the Street Fighter Three was for only the hardcore people with the it's frame hard, parrying man. and everything. That was absolutely like the contrary of what five is. Yeah. <laughs> you had to be like some dude in an arcade with a pocket full of money, like all day, like hammering at those buttons and and yeah. buying those huge arcade sticks and doing it at home twelve yeah, hours a day. Yeah, it was very like SNK level of difficulty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, but concurrently with three, there was the Alpha series, which was uh, which was kind of like the anime version mm-hmm. uh, the, the, mm-hmm. the prequels and that one was easy as well mm-hmm. more accessible and they they all came out like like they were coming off year out back then 
like an alpha, Street Fighter 3, alpha, Street Fighter 3. Something yeah, like, yeah. It was the same system, but they just think, like, they made a bigger roster, and then it was like... Yeah. Like, that... If you think about it, like, the alpha series, if it was released today, it would have just been, like, updates and downloads. Yeah, yeah, But they didn't I, do I, it at the time, so I they think just that, that's what it, it was. Yeah, it was yeah. just, like, that in arcades, you couldn't... <laughs> Because they were updating it for the arcade, yeah. and they just went like, "Oh, here's like a new, mm-hmm. here's the new uh, cartridge." Here's and literally the new yeah. challengers. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just an update every single time. So mm-hmm. like, it's the same model they've been going yeah. on for a while. So that that doesn't surprise me that they did that with five. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that that's kind of it. I mean, my uh, because I was so into Street Fighter, I watched uh, High Score Girl. Mm-hmm. on uh, Netflix it's an anime that mm. I thought was going to be about uh, a woman uh, being better than everybody else but it's actually a love story mm-hmm. about these two kids uh, and it's uh, it's sponsored or made by Square Enix okay what that. obviously yeah. there's a studio there's I didn't an anime know that. studio behind it but yeah there's mm-hmm. the producers and um it goes through the years of gaming, which is really nice. So, like, there's there's like two aspects. There's like the the shoujo aspect of like a romance that's boy meets going girl, on. girl meets boy. But since it yeah. goes through the years, like they age a lot. So like sometimes oh. they're apart, and like other stuff is going on in their lives, and then they come back. And through that, you get like a real extensive history of gaming. Which okay. starts with arcades, but like, like yeah, they use the like the pretext of their relationship and the years. Yeah, like they go through it to have that history. Like, yeah, and it's oh, really that's good. artsy. Like, yeah, that's cool. uh, obviously it starts with fighting games. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the main thing is like the premise is this guy goes to the arcade every day and he's the best with Guile in Street Fighter Two, mm-hmm. and he gets destroyed by the Zangief, mm-hmm. and he looks to to see who it is and it's this little girl who's like in his class mm-hmm. and is like the best at everything in class so he's like how does she have time to do this because he's like almost a dropout yeah yeah because yeah. he plays games all day well, at least he has that that's yeah. his thing he can achieve but he gets yeah. slaughtered <laughs> mm. then like stuff ensues and like the shoujo aspect is is a bit funny it's not that great uh, mm-hmm. but the fact that there's like a history of gaming throughout is really cool hmm. and they they nail it like they know what was popular at the time okay oh good and so it's actual fans not like suits it got really really <laughs> yeah. popular so like there's a second season coming out eventually mm-hmm. it was supposed to only be one because it was like this small manga that got popular and they were gonna just do that but they they're they're gonna keep going through the years they're already at playstation now so it's okay cool oh that's one. cool and there's like the console wars that they used to have like we don't really remember that but he's like i can't play the playstation like i got this other thing and yeah it's really cool okay okay yeah i used to have resentment for the console that i didn't have i absolutely understand that (laughs) you know you would just go like oh well i'm in this team because i have it (laughs) <laughs> There's a very clear non-Nintendo approach, but <laughs> they, they dance around it. Was like, yeah. this is a world full of video games, but Nintendo no one's heard. Yeah, no one's heard or they, mentioned they, Nintendo. They got like the Famicom and stuff, but like, oh, okay. I, I haven't seen an N64. I don't know, like the mm. legalese. It it was almost canceled because of legal problems with okay. I think SNK. 
but I'm not sure. No. Okay. Yeah. By the way, Switch outsold the N64's yeah. lifetime sales. Congratulations, Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Absolutely stellar. Holy fuck. Knocked it right out of the park. And they needed it after the Wii fucking U. What a piece of trash. That stank, man. <laughs> that shit stank. I'm going to do like quick shout outs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Move along. But I yeah, watched yeah. this movie called The Oath. Um, it, it's, a, it's a black comedy. And uh, basically, it, it's kind of like a dinner table movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really love those. And it's this American family that uh, has Thanksgiving. Basically, they have a Thanksgiving every year, of course. Mm-hmm. And like uh, the the hosts are super Democrats, and then like their family is more Republican. Mm-hmm. And like it's never said that Trump's president, but Trump's president, because mm-hmm. it came out last year. <laughs> and uh, basically, the the government decides that like there's going to be an oath that you have to take as an American citizen. Mm. And at first, you don't really need to take it. Uh, it's, you just get tax benefits and shit like that. Okay. And then uh, they start saying there's a deadline to taking the oath, and it's Thanksgiving. Uh, and uh, you start seeing stuff on the TV, like a uh, comedian uh, like, uh, made fun of the oath and suddenly disappeared. Things like so the that. slow decline into fascism. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, so that's man. Like just, yeah. That's yeah, 100% that's, yeah. in the background. Yeah. And like, who took the oath and who didn't, you know. Mm. And then there's like Thanksgiving dinner and it goes crazy and it's hilarious. Okay. And it, it checks both sides. So like, um, it, like the Democrat is kind of obsessed with knowing every single thing about the news and being outraged by it. Mm-hmm. and like the republicans don't really give a shit but they're super racist <laughs> so they're like okay. it's like a typical family um i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know what you mean by that no oh, but uh, we but see yeah. what kind of like yeah audience they're going for too yeah this is very rooted in like the the what people expect of like the the, the American family dynamic yeah, like yeah. The, it's it, and it's a fun movie so it's like, yeah. but it, uh, it was produced written directed and main actor is uh, Ike Barinholtz who was uh, on the mm-hmm. Mindy Kaling project he's oh, a Canadian yeah. he's been okay. around uh, like Tiffany Haddish is, is in that movie John Cho yeah uh, Carrie Brownstein mm-hmm. from uh, Portlandia you may know mm-hmm. so yeah I she's, love Portlandia yeah so it's it's like a it's a it's a really fun movie okay I didn't expect yeah. it to be th- that good like it was kind of scrolling uh, Netflix how, how, okay it's on Netflix that was my yeah. question like how did you watch it like, yeah where, I was just scrolling was Netflix like you know lazily like oh what should I watch I don't feel like watching anything on my list Mm. And that came up and yeah. it was a nice surprise. So yeah, that was my quick shout out for that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I feel like watching it. Yeah. <laughs> the finally finished uh Ringo Hishikawa, the friends of Ringo yes. Hishikawa. I saw yeah. more and more ever since you talked about it in the podcast, I noticed up, that huh? people yeah. have been talking about it. Yeah, US Gamer did a thing on it, uh Tim Rogers at Kotaku did a thing on it, and it just blew up. Yeah, because that game was what I learned after you talked about it. It was out on Steam like for about a, a year. year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it just never. It, it didn't pick up. It's a switch effect. Yeah, yeah. there's a really cool um, indie 
like uh, publisher called Circle mm-hmm. that have been like picking up these games that were maybe less successful on Steam or like kind of like giving them a new life. Yeah, so they're like, the, yeah, there's so much traffic on Steam that it's like it can be buried. Yeah, and, and Switch is becoming yeah. that slowly, but mm. at least there's like like the Nintendo Directs and mm-hmm. things like that, like Nindies. Mm-hmm. So there's a way to like uh, broadcast your indie games a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that one was on a Nindies or anything. I just saw it on on the store by accident and went, oh shit. <laughs> This is for me. The <laughs> Yankee boys. Yeah. And uh, I'll just say I finished it and I want to play it again. Okay. So, really? Uh, I'm it's gonna, replayable like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to replay it after I've cleaned some of my backlog. Mm-hmm. Just because I can play a whole different type of game in the same amount of time. You can have a different routine. Exactly. Now you know a little bit more about the mechanics by accident. Yeah, and I, I know like the mistakes I don't I won't be making for like the first third of the game, and then I'll have more time to do more stuff. That's and, great. Yeah, uh, that's cool because I played I played it for a few hours since yeah. you talked about it, and I've noticed how like the game just throws you like yeah. in its world, and then you just you run around, and then it's like you meet the karate club, and then it's yeah. like you can't be here, and it's like okay and you go to the gym and it's like you can't pay for a day you need to register did you see did you see the director i think i i I showed it to Rita. but basically the director Mm -hmm. uh didn't know how to draw sprites or anything and his dad helped (laughs) yeah his dad learned how to draw characters yeah right really yeah that's that's (laughs) yeah oh that's endearing thing (laughs) that's that's a really cute collaboration that's really nice but just having like just playing the game you just try to do things and everything is kind of like it's quite hard mm. yeah yeah definitely. it's like you're always starving and then you get beat by people and yeah. like you don't have enough hp or something so you always wake up to your apartment you study a little bit try to go to school get some money buy a sandwich yes yeah. <laughs> you kind of figure out like you have to eventually figure out that you can get a job mm-hmm. to feed yourself Mm-hmm. to be able to go to school but the game throws you in school so you don't know any of that but uh, that's the, the that's kind of the way that like it's meant to be played like, the, that's what the director yeah. said he said like you, you're not there to be the best because you're just an average guy mm-hmm. so like, yeah I, I love that approach it reminds me of like just a way tougher like Civ or XCOM where it's like you yeah. just you go through like a full playthrough of like a game yeah and then you start over and then you can do things differently and mm. improve each time and like you know how things work a bit better take I mean, different approaches you, can't, you cannot make a perfect game basically no exactly you yeah time. it's like the, um, and that's cool yeah. there's replay value in that good uh, so, I'm glad about that it, it no, would like, diminish the value of it either so no, there's, it has yeah. that where like with XCOM or Civ you'll, you'll keep dying until you get it right Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. This one kind lose of gives you yeah. like the uh, like it's loose. It, it, the the I don't feel the stress I would feel man- mm-hmm. managing my resources with other games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is that. So I just like just another shout out to that game. I finished it like five weeks ago, but just wanted to nice. mention it again because it is really good and you should all buy it. Yeah. 
I find it weird how uh, Nintendo now is indie central. They just don't spend mm. any money on the marketing. They just trust the community that they use word word yeah. from their own mouths and just mm. spread the joy themselves. And it's working. Yeah. What the hell? Well, like, uh, Who would have known? My entire wish list on, on the, the Switch is like indie games mm-hmm. and Final Fantasy VII. Is that like, coming out on the Switch? It's already out, yeah. Oh, fun. oh! Ah, uh, the 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 not the remake. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, not the remake. You, you said those words, and uh, my brain automatically went to the remake because, because of the trailer. trailer. Yeah, yes. the trailer came out in the past week. Yeah, yeah, so that trailer came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I guess. Uh, How do you feel? How do you game's feel? Not dead. Yay! Uh, Yay! Two thousand fifteen. Whoa! Whoa! They got them gram fix and. Um, I, I want to see someone play it with a controller. Uh, I'm salty. <laughs> I'm like I'm pissed about seeing this game now. I'm I'm a little mixed feelings. I I, I think it's weird because once they did that revival with Advent Children before Crisis Crisis Core and Dirge of Cerberus, yeah. they just turned around the pot four fucking times. <laughs> going like no we're gonna not redo Final Fantasy 7 we're gonna do everything else but Final Fantasy 7 so it's kind of like 10 years too late what what, what was that like 12 years ago no, that game is too that. big it's never too late but you think it's so it's gonna be three full games huh yeah, well, whoa, that's whoa. The, yeah, what? It's like the scale of that PS One game to bring it to that level of like graphics and just like uh, that level of like polish and just having like voiced actors yeah. to do it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be insane. And there's stuff that's like that's in the game that I don't know how they're gonna do. And from that trailer, you see stuff that's like from the early FF Seven game, like the yeah. reactor and stuff. Yeah. And you see Jesse and Biggs and Wedge. Yeah. You don't see Tifa. You don't see Marlene. Yeah, I'm wondering like. Oh, they're gonna change characters. a lot. You think? I don't know. I'm wondering. I'd be down if they expanded the game instead of made it because that. So the reason I'm to. salty is because yeah. it looks like a Kingdom Hearts situation. Oh the yeah, the, the, the same the, engine, eh? The no, just the timing. Like I feel like it's gonna come out on the PS5 in four years. Mm, I like, see. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, I don't want to see more of the game until you actually have more. Because it's kind of the same stuff that... It's an expansion, yeah. but it's the same stuff from three years ago. It's the same area. I mean, it's the same it, bridge. It's the same. Yeah. And it's like... Fine. But... Like... I know... like uh, Basically, it was translated, and there's going to be three full... Full full price games, basically. Yeah, it's going to be... Yeah, it's going to be segmented. Because it's going to be it's two like one big, disc but or like, something. And, and then there's the other aspect, Kingdom Hearts, which is basically... It, they, they brought it internally because they're using the same stuff from the Unreal that they've used on Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy XV. Just fine. Yeah, Gameplay-wise, game... I thought it looked like yeah. Final Fantasy XV. I'm pretty yeah, sure absolutely. it plays the same. Yeah. Maybe a bit slower because you got a big sword. And mm-hmm. that's fine. That's that's actually like reusing your stuff. That's really good. Uh, if you can make games faster again because back on PS1, it was every year and a half or something. But look at the, but all like, those animations and like it looks like... Yeah, cool and shit. Cross slash, <laughs> cross slash like, Punisher and stuff like that. Something super unacceptable in in twenty nineteen, and that's keeping Barrett racist as fuck. Oh um, yeah, you yeah. think yeah, so? Yeah, the voice. Yeah, yeah. I, I <laughs> laughed out loud. 
I saw I saw the trailer and, and like my girlfriend was sitting next to me like just browsing something else and I was like I started laughing just like like screaming out of my lungs like I can't believe they did that shit again and uh, <laughs> yeah it's just like, missed opportunity isn't it he's Mr. T again and it's just like come on guys Mr. T was cool like 40 years ago <laughs> <laughs> and he was still kind of not cool you know yeah yeah well that's that's something I had no hopes yeah <laughs> like I didn't think like they'd get that right but yeah, in the original have you seen have you seen the meme of like the pastor stuff like every time he speaks the organ plays like that yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> and he just sounds like we're gonna pray the Lord you know like <laughs> 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 I had no hopes for that. I don't even really have like high hopes for the voice acting because I feel like that's not that's not Square Enix specialty. No, they brought like, back the they, people from Advent they didn't Children. get it right in Kingdom oh, Hearts. Oh boy, oh man, they didn't get it. They didn't get it in Kingdom in Hearts. In retrospect, and I'm like, why and would Final they have 15 it? And every other game. I know. Exactly. Why would but, they have it right this time? Yeah. But like the racism. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, definitely. It's By the way, he used to swear all the time. Yeah, yeah. What, what did he no, gonna do with Sid. that? That was Sid. Sid. Sid was. Yeah, Sid. Sid, uh, Sid was super worse, but he would swear too. Barrett would swear. Just like berate, like his uh, his wife? coworker. Yeah, who becomes wife his wife slash coworker. Yeah. yeah. Remember when like Cloud beats up Iris? Oh, that's not no. gonna happen. No. Oh. No. no, like when he gives <laughs> yeah. the black materia to Sephiroth and you're playing and you're oh, just like this yeah, ghost yeah. and you yeah. can't do anything yeah. and then he freaks out and he beats her up and yeah. that's why she he disappears at the end of like this one. Yeah. And that's why you go looking out for her and the last thing you do like is see her and then she dies. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the yeah, most that's, famous that spoiler ever. Yeah. <laughs> there was a there was a hentai website <laughs> called AriusDies.com. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of things. Because also, I don't think Square is the same company it was no, back in 97. It's got the director from back then as a producer on this one. So mm-hmm. still, there's there's some people. But, I mean, politically, it's not the same climate. Like, the, the game is about eco-terrorists. Mm-hmm. The game is about... Um, yeah, like corporations yeah, taking yeah. over. JWs, you yes. Know? Yeah, yeah. This game like, today would be considered that type of game. And by the way, I just anyone who used that term like yeah, unironically yeah. is a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, basically, I feel like they might, and this is what I've seen with Final Fantasy Fifteen and uh, and Kingdom Hearts to a certain extent. But fuck that story. Um, I feel like they're gonna tone it down. I'm pretty sure they will. And Remember Juno, so the corpo fascist state that it's a huge gun looking out <laughs> into the sea. Yeah. Yep. You know, I'm just controlled like, by the by by the dude in the in, in, in the wheelchair. You know wheelchair. the slums. A, you explore slums. the slums and like how like everything is like terrible and people don't get to see the sun yeah. because there's just a corporation living above them. Yeah, and, and like. I, I like obviously these things will still be there, but I feel like they'll be like they'll picture view. Yeah, like it's it'll yeah. be like through a window. Mm-hmm. It's Final Fantasy VII, pretty through a window. That's what I'm expecting. Yeah, and like that bums me out every time I hear about 
which is every three or four years, so it's fine. But like, like I saw the trailer, and I was like, all oh, right, this game's gonna fuck it up again. The hot tub scene will be implied. I, I'm, I'm, I'm calling it in advance. It won't happen for real. You know, having the wig and the dress and the whatever and do, mm. gonna go see Don Corneo and having to take the hot dog. I think, no, I think Nomura was like, questioned about that and he said, like, he knows that's in the game. Like, okay. What? He knows that's in the game. Like, he worked on the game. That is it's just... Yeah. To what extent are they gonna do it? We'll see. Eventually, like, it's too early to, like, stipulate on anything, but yeah. my hopes aren't high. I'm really it's being be skeptical. Fun. Yeah, yeah. It's and no matter how it turns out, like it's gonna sell a lot. And yes. there's gonna be a lot of unhappy people regardless. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I agree. Just, like, Either way, you're fucked if you do, you fucked if you don't. <laughs> Print money. There's too much riding on happens it. There was a quick uh basically uh for a year and a half. Tim Rogers did this translation of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, VII the Let's Mosey series. Yeah, it's not it's not a full <laughs> translation of the game, but it's like mm-hmm. tra- like it's basically showing like what literal translation versus actual translation is, mm-hmm. especially since that person was like crunched to death mm-hmm. and so, by themselves. Yeah. So, um, but basically, he he did the same thing for the trailer, mm-hmm. and it's a short well, little video. Yeah, I haven't watched that video. And it how different is it? It, to to me, it's pretty different, but uh, really? like I got into small, small, small arguments online, um, where like people were just like, "Oh, it's fine, like uh, it's not that big a deal." But to me, it really was. Like I I I, wa- I saw both, and I was like, like they're butchering like main characters already. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, with the English translation, okay. So I'm thinking about like learning enough Japanese to play it by That's the time it comes about. out because yeah. it's like four years, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. why not? <laughs> no, 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 wait, wait. They showed us the trailer from like the state of play, and it at the end of the trailer, June. it said more to come in June. Yeah, E3. Yeah, because okay. they took Sony's spot at E3. That feels so. very FF15. You know how like yes. it had like uh, an event to announce a release date. Yeah, and they even delayed. Yeah. Delayed like that release date was supposed to come out in September. And yeah, out, I remember. Like, I, I assume or, they're or gonna say something. that yeah. it's like a first, uh, like it's a PS5 launch or PS5 something. Probably. Oof, that's gonna boost the numbers. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. It has to be, or mm-hmm. maybe it won't be. Like like FF7 was supposed to be and wasn't. <laughs> and everybody was mad and hating on every RPG until it came out. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Time will tell. Yeah. If it's the the, the people from Advent Children doing it, okay, I'm really voice, worried. Yeah. Because, well, uh, just the voice? Yeah, just the voice. Just the voice. You were saying not the, the director, not the writers, not anything? A director is Nomura. <laughs> well, that's that's but, that but, could go either way. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a fake director. Like, he's always got a second director that I'm sure mm-hmm. does it all the work. Like, so he's more of the face he's like mm-hmm. an executive producer I think. Mm-hmm. because quite frankly I want that to be really far away from Advent Children's uh, story yeah. that was fucked up what what was that you, Sephiroth is three people yeah I'm interested in watching <laughs> there's a whole like cult story in FF7 and how like they meet up there's like, a in the media and, and blah, stuff blah, blah. like that and they're all tattooed and 
They're it's, all like Sephiroth clones. It's super weird because yeah. big Oof. spoilers for FF7 if you haven't played it and plan to play the new... It's kind of that far ahead that it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But big, big spoilers, like... You don't have context for this. Everybody dies at the end. <laughs> the ending of the game is everybody no. dies. No. No. Except no. Post, the dog. The, it's, it's, it's the post credit scene is 500 years later and you have... Uh, but that's the thing. Red 13... Just running around with his like uh, Lion King but children, but they're the only survivors, right, of the whole thing. They're know. gonna change. Yeah. They're gonna change all that. It's also I bet they're 500 gonna change. years later. So. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot can happen. But I hate that, that like yeah. they, they put stuff between because it, it kind of. Well, that's that's Advent Children's thing. fault, yeah. not FF7's. Yeah. <sighs> FF7 left it open to interpretation because the last frame of that game, the last thing you see before credits roll, is just like. The meteor and the holy just crashing, and then like the Iris's face, like lifting up from the Mako, and just yeah. There's a um, you pronounce it Mako, Mako, Mako. <laughs> it's like how we pronounce Iris the right way. Yeah, Iris. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a there's kind of a weird thing where they won't do that at all, but they could have had the opportunity to do it with this project, and that is to implement. Uh, before Crisis and Crisis Core and oh, all that stuff. Oh, interesting. That would be they're all really nice. That nobody really played here. Like I was uh, crazy about Dirge of Cerberus because I was an edgy boy. I think that could be like a long term. Yeah. <laughs> how much the game? Apparently, Crisis Core was like one of the best PSP games. It was pretty but, good. Mm-hmm. Like, it it made Zach look cool. That's a big feat. Yeah, there was a Gact as well. But, uh, oh, was, yeah. Like, Gact is everywhere, before though. Before Crisis game, like, uh, on the phones. Uh-huh. The one with the Turks? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But it, it also had Cloud and everything. It had, like, the whole okay. backstory of uh, him as a soldier. And it, it launched um, maybe, like, 14 years ago. Mm. And it finished. Like, it just came off servers, like, last year in Japan. Mm. Like, that's how big it was over there. Yeah, it was pretty good. And like 2016 or something. But like here, it was never. It never came out because it was on flip phone. Does Square care? I don't think so. I think they're making this <laughs> game. They're, they're making this game because they have to. Yeah. They're just like, well, Nomura is still around, and uh, this is like our big cash cow. Look at all this hype. Invest in us, please. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Why are they whipping it out now? To finance Final Fantasy sixteen, probably. Mm. Let's just hope that they won't remake it three times before releasing it. (laughs) Well, they're already at two. Yeah, that's true. Uh, (laughs) There was the whole like Cyber Connect was working on it, and then they're not working on it anymore. And uh, that was so sad. Other question about the FF seven remake. Remember Bugenhagen? He was just like a floating, armless old man human. Never explain. No, I want to see that in 4K. Oh my god! Or 8K, like a, a, whatever. A long cape, right? Yeah, well, just he had like those had like very flashy robes, and he explained yeah. like the whole like live stream. Yeah, thing. yeah, it's gonna be bad. <laughs> yeah, it kind of it's gonna be shit. It, it also like I just want to keep going on this, but it, I'm playing Final Fantasy IX right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, and it it kind of made me go like I want to see a remake of that game. Mm, really? Like like uh, little puppets. Okay. Or like, oh uh, yeah. Like, like kind of woolly world 
type stuff. I see. Yeah. That would f- be fitting. Yeah, because yeah, like, the you know, chibi-ish style, puppet, right? So it could be just actually yeah, yeah, things yeah. like that, like super pretty, but like for children. FF Nine always needs more love. Yeah, and recognition. Uh-huh. Like a soundtrack that sounds that's got like you know little flutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, like that. Uh, Link's Awakening. Yeah, exactly. Like trailer like, kind of like gives yeah, it that or like kind of like Link's yeah. Awakening but triple A. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, like that could be done. And super cool. The voices can be goofy because FF Nine is whatever. a bit goofy if, too. Even if like, it, yeah, exactly. I'm just it's just there's a part of me that might be obnoxious, but I'm kind of tired of like those. JRPGs that take themselves too seriously yeah, in a certain yeah. way with like the voice actors having to like bring their kind of like serious game but in like the most goofiest of like in like DC Comics movies like, kind of way well, like yeah like FF13 yeah. I felt like had that element of like trying to be cool and serious but goofy at the uh, same time interesting and just, uh, like story for like or character development in that game yeah but like everything else no, but it's just 13? There's, there's a weird contrast. Yeah. All of the humor fell flat for me in 13. God damn. I just, I just think it's just, yeah, it's taking itself too seriously. Exactly. It's just that contrast and they they never figured it out. And I feel like maybe just like take take a step back yeah. and just make something that's lighthearted and can be goofy in its voice acting well, and see, have like the, 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 the Saturday morning cartoon voices like but FF9. Like, yeah, exactly. Or like, even if 16 was that way, that'd be great. But did you guys yeah. see the Sakaguchi project, Miss Walker? It's on, it's for Apple only. Like it's a, they're funding it, but mm-hmm. he's using like, uh, or well, he, they, they are using yeah. um, like actual filmed models to do their backgrounds. What? nice really so, so like the heavy characters moving around so kind of like Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9 like pre-rendered backgrounds but yeah like pre-filmed actual, backgrounds yeah, yeah oh that's nice yeah, it looks really interesting there was like very short video or pictures that came out when uh, the Apple uh, store game store thing mm-hmm. was uh, announced mm-hmm. um, and it's looking promising but it's on the phone I want to see that in AAA like I want to mm-hmm. see that in 8K on the PS5 then again, <laughs> the new iPhones are nearing yeah, four, five k. If I can plug them to my my TV, you can. That'd be great. Using AirPlay too. I think I'd do that. <laughs> Registered trademark. But they got me the the, the Apple with uh, partnering up with Miss Walker. Mm. That's really cool. Yeah, like generally, Miss Walker is like like our baby. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I want to uh, see where they go, and like it's just old school talent that keeps making games and we don't deserve them blue, blue, blue dragon <laughs> blue dragon one of the best fucking rpg mechanics that yeah. i've ever had yeah well it, it felt kind of like halfway between a dragon quest and like whatever it tried to be but i mm-hmm. playing like dragon quest 11 i had like pangs of like just like flashes from blue dragon and how it felt playing that game yeah uh, just quickly before we move on, uh, Square released nice YouTube uh, documentaries of the making of of all these games they've been re-releasing for the Switch, mm. and they're like twenty minutes long. Yeah. Each or so mm-hmm. the Final Fantasy IX one is really nice, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mention it, but it's it kind of explains the birth of Mistwalker. Okay. Yeah. Oh really? <laughs> because um, everybody was in Hawaii making Final Fantasy IX. They just enjoyed it. Yeah, it was nice. 
it's a there so they're really good documentaries and you kind of see like how it made me understand how final fantasy games are made because uh, they're really made scene by scene kind of like ubisoft makes games now but on mm-hmm. a much smaller scale mm-hmm. and um hmm. it, it kind of shows like yeah you got you got the basic narrative but it was an entire team behind like the story as well mm-hmm. or the everything and uh you you see the strengths and how like you make a good rpg mm. so, so i suggest watching like those like final fantasy 7 9 i think 10 and 12 just came out with the documentaries yeah oh yeah. i'd be They're interested really yeah. 10 took a long time to develop i'd love to see what the f- they, they called it the final fantasy 10 project team <laughs> since it was so big yeah and, it was such a radical yeah. shift it was the first ps2 it was the first one voiced yep uh, they didn't use like pre-rendered backgrounds like that was it was pretty amazing it was a big shift even if some of the characters were weird and obnoxious it was pretty amazing <laughs> I, yeah the characters but what I remember disliking the most from that game were like the the the, the puzzle dungeons before like <laughs> yeah and they were like <laughs> so annoying they were oh, they I didn't understand them and the music was always that kind of like like just maddening like or I'm, I'm oh yeah yeah I might be mixing the, the, it with the, like no the, no no the, the, I the remember it planes too like yeah yeah dodge there's a, there's a really weird lightning. feeling while replaying Final Fantasy Nine mm-hmm. where the weakest link mm-hmm. and this is gonna get me a lot of flack but I think the weakest thing in Final Fantasy mm-hmm. is Nobuo Uematsu. <laughs> No, the, the, oh, the music? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's and impressive because usually people like the soundtrack but don't but, play but the game. The <laughs> that's the thing. That was how I approached it as a kid. Uh, the, my favorite thing about Final Fantasy is music. Mm. But like as like I'm replaying those things, mm. I'm kind of like seeing flaws in the music more than in everything else. Okay. But it might just be because 9 is so good. Yeah, well, it's like... Yeah, I can see how, like, it just kind of evens itself out, and then you feel like, oh, you know, all the characters, the, the gameplay, everything the themes, is everything solid. is, like, way better than you remember it to be. So, yeah, like, exactly. The music is less of a, like, Because I know the surprise. music by heart. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But, like, I, I've also been listening to other soundtracks, mm-hmm. and I think everybody, yeah, he, he built it, and he's got mm-hmm. really iconic songs. And I'm not saying the soundtracks are bad at all. Yeah. I, I love them. I listen to them all the time. But other uh, other musicians at Square have all done kind of a better job, probably mm-hmm. on his shoulders, yeah, yeah, yeah. like on the shoulders of giants. <laughs> but Oof. Um, like uh, you're laying the smack down. Like the Chrono Trigger music, the Xen- uh, Xenos Gears music, mm-hmm. Mitsuda. So yeah, Final yeah. Fantasy thirteen music is insane. It's really uh, good. Fourteen music. I liked thirteen's yeah. music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 12 as well was like yeah unpopular opinion but I really like 12's soundtrack I think it totally fits the, but, the but, tone of the but game but they also yeah. they're also like technically all better like, um, like okay. musician wise in terms of like production and Pro- production but composition. also like composition yeah. and, and arrangements mm-hmm. um, he keeps it very simple and they're kind of all sometimes it shows at least in 9 it shows that he wrote songs and they didn't really know what to do with them and like picked and choo- chose where they would put them 
oh, like the soundtrack was kind of composed without necessarily having a full idea of like how they're gonna fit What's with the game the ah. and everything. Yeah. yeah, it really shows. Them yeah, well, I remember FF Nine has a lot of like late motifs. Like a lot of the songs are just like uh, the same song the same over song. and over again, but yeah. in different arrangements. So that would make sense. Yeah, but I just have like I feel like there are some bangers in there. Like oh, the yeah, Q's yeah, March. Yeah, I just like what is that? How do you come up with that? And it just like yeah. it's not really uematsu, but it just it sticks like the boom 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 boom, and then with the bag of and yeah, it it's true that like if you think about it, like this is not what a what a marsh sounds like in no, no, no. my head they probably the... just went hey look at this character make a song for him yeah and then there's just that version for but accelerated where it's like yeah and I think maybe he was not at the not in Hawaii <laughs> I don't know <laughs> like, but, but basically with this game I feel like mm-hmm. yeah, it's more dissonant than everything else in the game which is really spot on Mm-hmm. Even the translation is like wow. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The like the writing in that game is fantastic. All right, we're we're running out of time, so like final shout out for me is I watched a Netflix show called Street Food, and um, oh. it's by it's made by the same people who did Chef's Table, mm. which kind of made Netflix. It kind of blew Netflix up. Actually, yeah, yeah, um, and. It, it's the street food version of that. So um, the idea is that instead of taking like the most popular chefs in the world, it's just like the most, like the tastiest street food around. And the, uh, the Ooh, first... Uh, that's a nice approach. First season is uh, called Volume 1 Asia. Mm-hmm. And it goes uh, many places. It doesn't just go to Tokyo. I don't think it even goes to Tokyo. But it's like, it goes to Taiwan, it goes to the Philippines, it goes... It just goes everywhere. It, go, it doesn't go to to only the, the most famous places. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's like a Seoul episode. Like, well, I feel like if it's, it's street ev- food, if you want to be true to yeah. that title, like street food... They, does, yeah, they go where the night markets are, basically. Exactly. And... Um, Every episode has maybe there's a main chef obviously, but uh, because it kind of has that chef stable uh, approach, mm-hmm. but it, it's also a bit more about the stories behind the chefs. So like yeah, it's the mm, people behind yeah. the food, like and it's all kind of like just it's it's all people that did this job because they had to, mm. and it, it's never just like. I was a white guy born in France. Yeah, well, street like, food de- like by definition <laughs> yeah. comes from like a different class yeah. usually yeah, like yeah. E- economically potentially socially as well so it, it, like it got me nostalgic from the uh, privilege of traveling and just like enjoying like the best food is really the street food everywhere yeah. so and it reminded me how like Montreal's kind of a yeah. dead space <laughs> exactly like, it disclaimer, is disclaimer Montreal doesn't have street food because there are laws against it yeah, yeah. absolutely illegal not even hot dog stands yeah no. and it's Toronto illegal. has hot dog stands yeah, and street food. food. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, street food. Absolutely. Well, basically, yeah, it kind of like it's an aspect that we're lacking in our culture that the entire planet has. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, like watching that show is like kind of like a, a gut punch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But 
it's also just a very well designed show and you get to see food that you wouldn't have like known existed more traditional stuff like it's it's just a nicer approach and uh, all the stories are really nice they don't just pick like with with chef's table at the beginning they kind of just pick like super extroverts that were like that are yeah like they're ready for the camera yeah exactly yeah um, so it doesn't I, do that which is really nice because chef mm-hmm. stable i started watching it sometimes it's uh, good it's like good my, my 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 friend uh was watching one of the episodes he enjoyed it but at one at certain episodes he showed me like little snippets of it and he was like nah this feels too pretentious for me oh, yeah. <laughs> he was just like oh my god this guy is really really what is he doing even and you look at the result and you're like what does this taste like What what's on top of it we don't even know yeah it's so just like, like this is a symphony of whatever it's like okay yeah it kind of rehearsed yeah, yeah. but there, there there are good episodes though for like um, yeah of chef's table is pretty good Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of pretentious people, <laughs> for sure. But um, they do put on a show, though. They are kind of entertaining. They are personalities. Yeah, it's, it's not just fluff. But that's the thing with street food. It's really just talent. Mm-hmm. This is talented people who worked hard and uh, had to do this stuff. There's a story about this lady whose son is like a sh- kind of a pretentious-ish chef. You know, like more of a, mm-hmm. of a modern chef. And she's kind of just at her food stall, which is being much better than him, probably. <laughs> well, so, she probably thought him anyway. Yeah. He's just... Yeah. yeah. But, be, yeah, it, it's it's weird because it feels like, you know, it's this weird tourism where you stay at home and you look at poor people in other places. And you go, oh, they do good food. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you feel well, like a hypocrite it, because of that? <laughs> I feel like you're... you're saying something important here because sometimes there's that mentality and i think it's what it reflects a little bit of like why montreal has that law where we don't have street food where a lot of people will deem it like oh it's unsafe or yeah. it's kind of oh. it's foreign so you don't trust oh it my really God. but sometimes what happens and you give it you give the example of like that lady that has a son that opened a yeah. restaurant that's kind of like he's a chef and stuff is that it needs to be brought like into um a recognized establishment yeah. And then you'd have like people discovering like uh, what they call. And I'm sorry for saying that for saying this, but like ethnic food. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this is the the ethnic food, and like the, and the they'll kind of talk garbage. about it, like oh, it was a culinary experience, yeah, and like yeah. a, we had a reservation and everything. But it's like it's just it's just street food presented for like rich assholes, like yeah, sometimes yeah. in those restaurants yeah. and. Absolutely. Well, like, in Montreal, like street food is the source of food in general. It's where, like, it's where the people start cooking. Yeah. Like it's this is very basics. basic, yeah. but in Montreal, like the best sushi restaurant mm-hmm. is a place that makes like the the most simple stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That you would get normally, like, in like a, a, a cheap establishment in in Asia in general. Japan, mm-hmm. obviously but like, like yeah a counter but, shop like but here it, yeah. it, it, it's gonna cost me 40 to 50 bucks just mm-hmm. because i want to eat at like the more authentic experience and it's just like because of the montreal culture that's mm-hmm. how it is yeah yeah that's that's something that personally bothers me in a certain way where i'm yeah. just like yeah sometimes like me too a lot of people will know like 
you know the best taco in LA is probably in a truck somewhere yeah like, oh, it or, is. like it's just it's, <laughs> I it's do like, have that yeah, belief like no one's gonna go like oh look at this five star like yeah. taco place like there's just, this uh no. Well, in LA, there's this uh, there's there's this truck that uh, tweets out where where it is mm-hmm. every every day, and there's a there's a, like the biggest Lineups, lineup, yeah. and, it, and it's out of it came out of like Koreatown, yeah, and it's just like yeah, I saw that in Ugly Delicious, yeah, yeah uh, they, they they talk about it, in I saw it delicious, in yeah, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, yeah, but basically that's what it is, like that's mm-hmm. and, and here, yeah, it's gonna cost you seventy bucks, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. It's for rich people. That's all it is. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, sad note, but uh, street food, <laughs> very, very good show. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you you're obviously. I hope, <laughs> I hope it makes you travel, maybe broaden your senses, yeah. just, just, or be more in touch with your own culture too. Like, yeah, and just also, just, yeah, the like think about the people behind all yeah. of this too. Like, That's the, what I yeah. liked about this show. Yeah. Is, like, of course, there's like it's pandering a little bit because it's a show. Mm-hmm. But it's it's one of the good ones. I'm hungry now. It makes me hungry just just thinking of the street food that would be possible to be within our reach with all the food trucks and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Makes me nostalgic of uh, being in Portland. Went to Portland and it was the best culinary experience I've ever had. Um, every single restaurant knocked it right out of the park. It's weird because I was in the United States and it wasn't full of fast food everywhere. I saw one McDonald's in the whole fucking city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really weird. It's full of hipsters. I love it. <laughs> Every restaurant is unique and it is in the chain and everything. There's, there's this weird thing in the US where it's so big that it can have like these hubs of like rich hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Portland is definitely one of them. Yeah, there's more defi- tea places than McDonald's over there. It's to the point where it is kind of like an outlier and what is considered like overall the United States of America. So, oh yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. It's a country of many states. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> uh, what about you guys? What have you been doing for a while? Ah, oh, well, well, well. I have mainly been watching movies lately. Um, I've continued on my uh, vaudeville uh, older black and white movie uh theme also with with my friend amanda i've uh, i've seen another movie with her favorite actor eddie cantor mm-hmm. uh which um i talked about last time and it was he's he's really really like a big eyes he's 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 jewish he's got uh big eyebrows he's very cartoony mm-hmm. he does he does it all he sings he dances he acts he does comedy he does serious parts He did also the blackface parts, as I talked about. Also, um, he he was he's he was part of a million movies. He was very rich, very 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 awesome, and um, he uh, did a movie that's uh, available on uh, I believe Hulu. Uh, is it? Yes, Hulu. Uh, it's called Kid Millions, which was very entertaining. Very entertaining. I loved it. It was the story of someone uh, inheriting uh, unexpectedly uh, $70 million, dollars, I think. And um, he everybody knows about it. So he tries to get his money or tries to be his friend and everything. And, and people mm-hmm. wrestling over him. But he's just like kind of a, 
a normal dude, just like kind of, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just okay. Yeah, learning to live with this wealth. And, just remember, yeah. Richie Rich. Yeah, <laughs> except like he's more adult. He's adult. Yeah, yeah, he's an adult. He's poor. He's got holes in his. Uh, oh, he's like he's poor and he yeah. inherits that. Yeah. Absolutely poor and uh, when was that kind of simple-minded uh what was it 50 50 um, i'm not sure i'm not very good with the times okay that's fine. but it was pre-haze code huh? okay, it was okay. pre-haze code you know about the haze code right yeah, yeah, yeah about the censorship and everything. you yeah. you you, yeah. you know a lot about uh, movie history to know about yeah, the yeah, haze code amanda classes, taught yeah. me all yeah. about it yeah uh, which is the set of rules that they gave after a certain yeah, they time to keep like the the the, the, peop, the people kind of like pure and just like there was like a code of values and everything like things that couldn't be shown it's the in anti-communist uh, stuff, right? It's pre that, but it's okay. leading to that in a certain way. Yeah, you know, like, you, you know you, later there was like the comics code, who was kind of like that, yeah. and then like. Yeah, you can have uh, a couple of, of, of you can have an interracial couple. You can have uh, homosexual um, uh, innuendo whatsoever. Unless they were vilified. Oh yes, exactly. <laughs> Unless if they were vilified. That's huge. Um, it's it's kind of surprising how uh, it's weird. the dancing. It's like a play. It's live. You hear the sound as if it's live. Uh, the dancing is all synchronized. And some there was this one dance. Um, there was this one dance uh, piece that was all one shot. And it was amazing. It was super long. I was I was aghast, mm -hmm. and and it was it was very very um, risky. Also, mm -hmm. Eddie was in a blackface, and there was a a black man and a black boy between them, mm -hmm. and they were dancing. They were doing a dance off, and he wanted to participate, and he was in the middle, and he the the one that was he was trying to interject between them or mm -hmm. like trying. Like, try to go like, oh, I can dance too. Mm -hmm. But either the boy or the man tried to stop him each time that he tried to show off. And then eventually he's like, oh, they're out of my league. And he left. <laughs> Which I found very interesting because I was like, oh, okay. Hey, <laughs> it's like a weird message. Like, white boys can't dance or something. It's like, back then it was so weird that they would bring up these subjects like that so directly. Can <laughs> Like, you have to say, I'm, I'm wondering, like, why the fascination with Eddie Cantor? Well, he is um, very cartoony. Mm -hmm. He is, he, so he sings well, he dances uh, well, he does this. When he sings, he dances, he claps, he, he, he's all over the place, super high energy. He's got huge eyes. He rolls them all yeah, the yeah, time. You know it's as if he's, um, he... He always pays attention to his body language. Okay. That's what sets him apart from other people from back then, like Humphrey Bogart and whatnot. I really think that he really puts a lot of care in his um, in his body act. Okay. And that's that's why the fascination. That's why he, okay. uh, my friend likes him so much, and uh, that's why we try to follow his movies and everything. Okay. And it was a fun ride. And I want to see all of his movies, really. It was called Kid Millions? Yeah. 
So I'm only oh okay. Oh, there's <laughs> a singer called or a musical yeah. artist called Kid Millions. Oh really? Probably inspired by the film or something. Probably yeah. <clears throat> I also uh, recently thirty four. Uh, 1934. See, I was thinking it was 34. Well, See, I'm so bad with times. Because I was thinking like that. That could be a. Because that's a why funny when setup. you said the 50s and you're like a code. I yeah, know, yeah. Oh, like I'm so sorry. Like the his code is way earlier than that. But mm. I was thinking like 34. It's like like it's following. It's on the coattails of just um, the Great Depression. So like having like a rags to riches story would kind of be interesting to see. Just like the whole like. Um, socio-economical structure of like what was seen as poor at the time what was seen as rich what was 70 million mm-hmm oh yeah like, oh um, absolutely i feel there could be some some social commentary on that degree oh uh, there was direct commentary about it during the movie uh, amanda pointed it out and she, she 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 knows the whole context and everything it was it was really tongue-in-cheek it was really nice it's like a history lesson I, also I was reading a little mm-hmm. bit about the movie but like how do they approach this uh the, the fact that his like his father who he got the inheritance from uh was looting from another country basically Ooh, hmm I don't remember that subplot because, because there's there's this thing where he he arrives at the con- in the country and uh Anybody that is claiming that treasure will be put to death. Yes, yeah. uh, they 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 talked about it as if it was a normal thing. Well, well it was it is because he was looting the the country. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. What do you mean looting the country? Oh well, he's a he's a like an archaeologist. Okay, and that's how he made his money. Okay, that's how he built his fortune. So yeah, so they they played so it off so as, like as if it was something normal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, like, uh, when the character arrives in Egypt... It's expected. Like, <laughs> yeah. Manifest destiny, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that, that'd be interesting to, uh, to like, see. Because I, I yeah. like the idea of, like, the... <laughs> I like the idea of the, 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 the sheik just being like, oh, you're going to be put to death if you want this money. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I have to talk to you about something, though, in the movie. Mm-hmm. They do uh, a really, really... Um, weird depiction of how they thought Egypt was <laughs> which was appalling but very interesting to see how the western like, world uh, uh, visualized Egypt like I, I've said it before on this podcast but I'll say it again like my expectations are already super low <laughs> like double low like you can't talk to me about a movie about like just like casual blackface and me being like oh they were progressive about it oh my god (laughs) yes (laughs) like really of course not like yeah they they were doing like sacrifices they were they were speaking arabic (laughs) they were yeah they'd sort of put all the stereotypes of the middle east in egypt if that made sense, uh, <laughs> oh my is, it, God. is it like Star Wars level, like the 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 sand people just going like? <laughs> oh, there were there were sounds to be made. Tusken <laughs> <laughs> Raiders or whatever. I was like, surprised at how many times because I, I watched the Star Wars recently. How many times they actually just call them the sand, sand people? people. Oh <laughs> boy. Hey. Yeah, they, they they were actually the villains of the movie. What a surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were getting the fortune. They were trying to sacrifice Kid Millions. Like 50 of years course. later with the Indiana Jones, it was kind of still the same. So. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> 
it's it's fascinating because it's it's a history lesson at the same time. It's mm-hmm. really fun, and the 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 musicals, while they had more feeling in it, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I I also did um I didn't talk about it in the previous podcast, but I did the whole uh, Tommy Weasel marathon, okay. such as the uh, the Room, the Disaster Artist, and Best Friends Volume One. Yeah, best friends. Friends, yes. Yeah. What what is that? So. We all know the room and the disaster artist. Yeah. We've 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 talked about it a million times. But best friends slash fiends volume one is a movie that's written by Greg Sestero. Uh, Sestero, yeah, am I Greg pronouncing Sestero. it well? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so so um, Mark the guy who plays in Mark. the room. Oh, the guy who who, who wrote the disaster like Johnny's artist. Johnny's his best friend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Sestero the thing the is, um, this movie. I think is very amazing in the fact that they casted Tommy perfectly because he wrote that part for Tommy. And for once, Tommy is playing a weird man, not a guy (laughs) trying to pretend that he's normal. (laughs) And it makes a huge difference. I loved the movie, actually. It's kind of mid-budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, like that movie was written for those two actors. Absolutely, it's like, it's it like, is. It's not, a, it's not even a casting call. Like it's like yeah. the director, like the, the the whole production was like, hey, you two guys, like people loved you, loved seeing you so much in the room that they made a movie around them again. And uh, I I loved it. It was appropriate. It was ju- mainly dialogue between those two, mm. and that's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. That's what I expected. That's what I wanted. It was shot better than I thought. The music was... I have very low expectations. How could the music be good in a production like that? It was amazing. Mm-hmm. There was many... There was over three or four times during the movie that I was like, wow, this is really adding to the movie. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there were those those parts where the movie drowns out what the people were actually saying. It actually had a style to it. I didn't even watch Volume 2 yet, and I want to watch it. And uh, it's it's really really nice. I, I recommend it to any the room fan if they want to see something a little bit more serious. There's a little less comedy to it, but um, if you like the kind of um, campiness that um, Tommy has, uh, it kind of glorifies it, mm-hmm. even if he has a serious role. Like everything you said sounds great. Yeah, but. I'm disappointed. <laughs> You're disappointed by, by the movie? Yeah, just because... Tell me about it. Uh, basically, the room is like a happy accident. A happy the accident? The didn't try to go for the room. Like, it tried to be serious in its tone, but it turned out to be, like, one of the greatest, like, accidental, like, comedy of errors, like, in a certain way. Just, like, everything about that movie yeah. is just, like, a tale of, like... A self-pitying misogynist, basically. Oh, that that was really, and like, and really. Was like, oh, I'm gonna tell you a story of a drama, and people will relate to it, and like, and then it people laughed. Yeah, it was and lightning in a bottle, had, though. And he had to like, but it wasn't planned. Yeah. And I feel like best for Eans seems like <laughs> it's not memorable enough because it doesn't because it seems like. Much like the when we were talking about Chef's Table, it was it's kind of rehearsed. They're trying mm. to. It remake is. that sentiment mm. and it's like it feels a little bit like studied 
too much. It's not as um, as authentic or emergent as the uh, original right. room where it's like it tried to be something and it just ended up exploding in another dif- yeah. direction. You're right. And just Tommy Wiseau just went with it and being like, Haha, I'm in on the joke too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm you pretending. Know, nervous stare. Like, <laughs> nervous laugh and just looking around. Did you, <laughs> did you watch his game show? Uh, yeah, where he plays games, like yeah. he tries did stuff. Uh, oh no, I didn't watch that yet. Tommy Wiseau playing uh, Dark Souls. <laughs> He was pretty good at it. It's amazing. What? He was yeah. pretty good? Yeah. Oh, his bad. Twitch channel, yeah? No, no, no. no. It's like a, it's a YouTube series. Yeah, it's A old. YouTube series? It's old. It was on like Machinima. Oh, yeah? And uh, yeah. It was oh, my good. God. I gotta watch that. Yeah, he was just like 10 minute episodes where he played like a different game each time around like what, 2010? There's a meta story where yeah. he's like being forced by maybe an alien or something to play these games. <laughs> <laughs> It feels He's like the an old 90s, like, dumb game TV show. <laughs> yeah, like, very, like, sli- like short clips of, like, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, like, with yeah. games and Tommy Wiseau. Mm-hmm. And it's like the, I mean, it's not amazing, the set design is funny. also like super crappy 90s yeah. like yeah. glowy goo, like green goo and stuff like that like, well you got me convinced green goo <laughs> can't green mess goo. up on that yeah, like, <laughs> Rugrats Nickelodeon era like, oh, yeah splat yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 you just reminded me that like my favorite IGN show came back it's up at noon and it's, oh, uh, what? it's got uh, Max Scoville and I'm sorry. Oh no! Uh, yeah, and uh, it's um. <laughs> Why are you sorry though? <laughs> you hate him? No, no. But basically, it's, uh, it's it's exactly what you just described. It's goo. It's like uh, it's like a Saturday morning, like or like you know, you come back from school and there's this dumb t- game show. The snit. Yeah. Oh and, my god. And it's god. just like Nickelodeon like shit, and it's really nice. It's every like Saturday morning, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Do you yeah. remember a video in Arcade Top 10? Yeah. With Nicholas Piccolis? Is that... With the home studio audience? I've seen that first level of Donkey Kong Country so many oh, times. God, because of that fucking <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> moving on. Moving on. I've, I, I saw uh, um, a duo of uh, zombie movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one I want to really um, talk about this time is Train to Busan, which yeah. is oh, so good. Yeah, you you all saw it. Yeah, Fantasia. Yeah, and Fantasia. Oh my god, I would have loved to see it in a Fantasia yeah. setting. It's on Netflix now. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. on Netflix. It's the if I'm not mistaken, please correct me if I'm wrong. It's the first high but high-ish budget zombie movie coming out from Korea. Think so, but what I remember from it is that when it came out in Korea, it made a lot of money and got a lot of attention, mm-hmm. and that's why it's on Netflix now and it's kind of popular worldwide. Yes, yeah. like for some reason, like when I was living there, like Korea loved The Walking Dead. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because huh. Steven Yeun was in it too. Like, and I was like, oh, Korean actor, Walking <laughs> Dead, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, they enjoyed the show a lot. Like, they were really into zombie fiction and like to have their own like film and a really good one at that too mm-hmm. like, no hyperbole uh really like helped that movie just like held that movie's like financial success and it's 
worldwide distribution. It's it's what's great about that movie. I I, I personally recommend. Let's see if it gets the uh, patented three thumbs up yes. from us. But I um I recommend that movie because it's it's a little different from the zombies mo- uh, zombie movies in the formula that it's relentless mm-hmm. from the beginning to the end, nonstop fucking carnage all the time, always on your feet, always. Always looking around the, your shoulder, always in danger. You don't know who's gonna die, who's not, in in which order, in which way. The zombies are terrifying. They're they're really my favorite type. They really fucking spread the disease really fucking fast. Like as soon as they bite, boom, zombie. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really it's really like gritty. Uh, they didn't spare the the scenes. Mm-hmm. It's really, really like amazing how big the the airport scene was. Uh, they they really trashed a lot. It, it, it must have cost so much to do all those sets, and not yeah. to mention those train wrecks and everything. It's I, I, I love curious because I know there are like some abandoned like towns from the war too. Yeah, like yeah, in, yeah, in Korea. So that could be like good sets yeah kind of it's true maybe that yeah. they took Kurosawa that. did that a lot mm-hmm. so, yeah yeah it's just uh, I feel like they were pretty clever about it and what I like the most about that film is really like and I think that's important for most zombie films I think it makes it or breaks it depending on the characters oh yeah so that movie has like good gr- cast. yeah just like mm-hmm. a good cast but also like great characters that are just like taking the train to get to Busan but then oh zombie outbreak and then like they need to get there for whatever reason or survive the trip and just you have like the different like stratas and like sometimes like zombie fiction is a good way to show like the social differences between mm-hmm. the people in a setting like in a oh yeah uh, Night of the Living Dead I think it was like in a mall and you could yeah. like it was about like American consumerism mm-hmm. and this one you could see like the Korean students on a trip the Korean businessman the yeah. Korean uh, family man, uh, the sports dude, but it takes like those kind of like horror movie uh, stereotypes, yeah. but puts them into like a Korean setting and gives them like shows them in another light. Like there's an element there's of like a... getting to know the culture in a zombie movie. Yeah, yeah, they, the they did that show that made in Korea. There's a there's a wholesomeness to 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 them as well. Like there's yeah. there's like a a growth of like there there's a part like a like earlier in the movie where you know they don't all get along. They're strangers on a train. They're, they're strangers and they're <laughs> from different uh, ways of life. But eventually they go like, okay, we need to survive the fuck out of this. Yeah. And everybody helps each other out. Yeah. No. Yeah, no do. one's really like horror movie dumbly ass or like just a a big jerk you know like nobody's like an evil character there's absolutely there's one coward yeah but that's what yeah that's that's expected yeah but everyone like no one is like horror movie stupid yeah like let's it's kind of realistic ish in that (laughs) in in that sentiment and also, I've noticed that they didn't spend too much. Usually, in in the zombie movies, they 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 spend so much time like with w- building up the characters that you're supposed to care about. But no, 
they just show a little bit of the personality of everyone that that you're gonna follow mm -hmm. just a little bit they don't bore you to death with it i think they it's just... better to relate to people too mm -hmm. yeah 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 uh just korean cinema is the best cinema on earth so it's so good oh <laughs> it's you so heard good. it here folks it's so good saw burning uh, like yeah, I saw, oh, I love I'm that. That movie for was a good fantastic. Long. <laughs> the Handmaiden was yes. my favorite movie of 2016. Like, there's so much good stuff. And for some reason, Korea for likes to while, make like good movies on trains. Like, yeah. remember Snowpiercer? Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty good film. Good like, movie, yeah. yeah. Like as B movies go. But you know, it's uh, like. But, it's on Netflix, but there's a ton of Korean content on Netflix. If you mm -hmm. if you want to go through most of mm -hmm. like the the major movies that came out, that that pierced outside of Korea, you'll you'll find them there. Well, Burning, Burning is, is, is uh, yeah, it's on Netflix now. I'll take uh, note of that. Handmaiden, I don't think it's on Netflix, but it might be on Amazon. But that's a movie worth seeing. Uh, right? Yeah, it's not on Netflix because I saw it in my no, other I know means. it's not. Yeah. <laughs> 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 which ones uh oh uh, yeah there's some really good ones like even if you want to start at like the 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 what i like to call like the the the, the new era of like yeah because there's older korean cinema too. like mm -hmm. when it started really getting popular internationally like old boy like you can't ah uh, like yeah old boy is like what brought like korean cinema to the rest of the world in like our contemporary setting and i think that one's on movie like the, the oh. movie like it's kind of like uh, more like uh, international slash art house film like streaming service like that's a movie that's worth starting with but it is a pretty violent movie and not like the the, the Spike Lee remake oh boy it's like <laughs> avoided at all costs yeah. like there's a mm. oh boy it was the first Korean movie I heard about in my entire life old boy yep yep yeah, well, one of my favorite directors is uh, Bong Joon-ho, which you mentioned Snowpiercer mm -hmm. earlier. Yeah. But on Netflix, there's Okja also. Yeah, the like, Netflix Google original, the, yeah. I think the host is on there as well. Yep, but, like, same director as Snowpiercer. Mother yeah. is also on there. Mm -hmm. um, I know that like, like, there's, there's older so movies, movies that aren't on Netflix, yeah. but like, if, you, if you get accustomed to certain actors and certain directors, you'll find... At least like forty like insanely good movies that like could have won many awards. Well, they do. That's they the thing. do. They do. Not, they win the awards. It's yeah. just like I feel. Like, well, I feel like we live somewhere where it's like it's not like the general consensus or like yeah. general population isn't really that much interested in Korean cinema. It's not as accessible or um, like interesting to them. But there is a huge rise and in interest in like just. Korean pop culture yeah, yeah I feel that's gonna absolutely. come with like, the, the following generations sometimes like people tend to like consume a certain part of the culture but then they might branch out and just yeah. learn more about like Korean cinema because they'll see their favorite like K-pop star yeah I just want to say that like it's not recent like it, there's gonna be tons of early 2000s movies that like are crazy good they make the best crime thrillers like it's just fantastic it's like it, yeah. they just make a lot of insane movies like the Bacchus Lady is like this Korean film that's indie even within Korea and just says huh. so much about like its aging population and just like how there's no like or there should be like way better like uh, services to help like uh, the elderly like mm. just the elderly population over there where they have like no support from the government and barely any from their families if you know 
their families aren't involved with them. And mm. uh, like, there's so many good films. We've mentioned a few. Uh, maybe we'll put a list like on our like podcast description or something if people are interested. But oh, good yeah, idea! If you're interested in cinema, look at what's coming out of Korea. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and just, uh, Netflix has a good uh, a good handful of them. Yeah. And uh, moving on, well, I um, the video gaming that I've been doing, I'll save for our spoiler cast. By the way, for the people that don't know, uh, mm-hmm. we are going to uh, all finish a Mother Three, mm-hmm. and um, it's a breath of fresh air so far. I won't talk too much about it, but I am ecstatic. Um, it's even better than I remembered. Uh, And uh, I've, I've, I'm still a slave of those gacha games that I'm annoying about <laughs> on mobile. Mobile gaming is still gaming, I swear to God. <laughs> I, did, I did do a lot of VR chat, but that's mainly, mainly uh, socializing. But uh, I've been back on my usual gacha games because I, I've got good characters recently and everything. And I love those crossovers and I'm a sucker for that. And I, I'm still spending money on them and learning the mechanics. It, it's sort of... Um, scratches my RPG itch mm. because each time that a new uh, powerful character comes out I need to counter it I need to know its stats I need to know its skills I need to know everything uh, that's how I felt when I played early Pokemon mm. the same sentiment mm-hmm. I needed to know every Pokemon by heart for every generation that came out because I played competitive Pokemon There's some something in my brain that just triggers, gonna go like, hey, I know this character, I know this build, I know how to counter it. That's how I feel with Fire Emblem Heroes, with other games that I'm playing um, that that keep coming out with new characters. And I love it. It it's it's sort of it's sort of super nerdy as a as a as a need, but I really need to be on top of the competition all the time. Mm-hmm. And I love it. It's 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 the kind of gaming that um, is is more statistical, I guess, mm-hmm. <laughs> and is, it it doesn't hurt that it's full of uh, big booby anime waifus, you know. <laughs> it's just the icing on top of the yeah, RPGs is math. Yes, yeah, yeah. absolutely. the The base of it, the, mm, the old yeah. school RPGs, yeah. is a bunch of maths. Yeah, and uh, I, I I somehow I I never grow tired of it. Mm. I'll yeah. always love it. Apparently, that's good. For you and uh yeah the 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 one that i still love the most right now is fire on them heroes and they keep pouring so much cash into it and i know that i'm probably one of the ones responsible of the decline of gaming because i'm investing in gotcha games <laughs> <laughs> it's just a different audience yeah exactly it really is cool not a decline or anything but you know pc gaming are obviously very jealous of the gacha market and trying their darndest to to emulate the lightning in the bottle that's that's their 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 whole budget yeah it's a different system to make money yeah 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 i, I kind of feel weird when i play a, like uh gacha games though like because you you kind of feel the money yeah it's shameless i've it's never shameless. even tried there's a Some of them do a thing where, uh, and this is fine because it's just a choice, but you go like, oh, this thing is free. And then you click on it and it's like, go fill out a survey on another site with the has Sometimes. Ads, you'll get like a new character or something. So it's like, go do a thing outside the game to, to get a thing in the game. 
Okay. That's how they yeah. scrape a little bit of money. But the more higher budget ones, they don't have to do that yeah. as much. It's interesting. But uh, be, be, because it's still just a timed thing, right? Most most of these gotchas, you can't overplay them. Yeah. You can overplay them because you play every day, but it's still like a daily. Yeah. You have a routine, right? Mm-hmm. You, you do have a routine. You have your dailies and everything, but they caught on to that. They've evolved a little bit past that because it was the biggest complaint that you have to stop playing mm. at some point. So they all implemented, you know, the top ones, the top 10 gacha games that are in the, the Apple Store or the Android Store, all have a uh, replayable mode. That's not as rewarding. It doesn't give more things, but you can still play it. You can still test out your team. You could still like oh, okay. do arena battles and whatnot. Mm. Yeah, so they caught on. They're involved. They're evolving. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's weird to say that they're getting better. <laughs> well, better than they getting worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like if, if there's more game. Yeah, or, exactly. Or like, I don't see the problem. I'm wondering if uh, the gold saucer will have like 8K gacha games. Honestly, oh my god! I <gasps> think the gold saucer will not really be around. Really? What? Really? All those games? I think that's yeah. 8K snowboarding. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> not going to be 8K motorbike, 8K uh, Mogs. Uh, let's make babies like VR. It whatever could game. be in like the Kingdom Hearts <laughs> three way where they have like these old games that you can play. Mm-hmm. You can play the uh, what are they called? You know the two two screen uh, Nintendo thing. Epona. Uh, no, Nintendo DS. No, no, much earlier than that, with like the black, sc- like uh, like the Mister Game and Watch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. they got that in Kingdom Hearts Three. We could do like a thing where it's like a retro PS One games. Oh, oh, well, okay. That's like what they I did thought. the Crash thing and Uncharted yeah, uh, yeah. Four. Yeah. Okay. Ah, uh, that was really because fun. Because I don't see them doing a full SSX. Like eight games. <laughs> no, yeah, like, I don't even, think so even either. Like the original FF Seven was like one level, but it was a pretty good level. Yeah. Uh, you, what? You really? Played. You like the snowboarding? Yeah. Oh then, man. Yeah. Oh, the only Lord. thing I hated was the submarine game because it yeah. was too. It was three D navigation before. It, it showed it that they really wanted to make like an well the, in the documentary. So it's not it's not from me, but like in the documentary they they talk about the submarine game and they go like. <laughs> We were really into Ace Combat and things like that. Yeah, it so shows. we just really wanted to make a simulator, but we didn't oh, have the budget yeah. for it, so we put it in Final Fantasy VII. Like, can, <laughs> can, can we make Star Fox? No. Nope. <laughs> so it's just like it's a prototype that they threw in there. Yeah. I want to see Sid swear at Palmer in 8K. <laughs> Palmer, 8K. you fat piece of fucking I shit. Come over here, you. Fuck. The slap fight, <laughs> two women on a gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in 8K. Yeah. yeah. Echo wow. terrorism in 8K. Yeah. That's our title. <laughs> <laughs> for next gen. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. Oh. Yeah. So that was my two cents. Uh, that's what uh, all I wanted to talk about. How about you, Mr. Rita? Uh, games-wise, to be honest, like, I played a lot of demos, but I won't talk about all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll talk about the one game that I started and finished since our last podcast, and was, uh, Katana Zero. Oh, you finished it? It's super short. It's That's about, like, said. three hours. Wow, okay. 
Yeah. Cantana yeah. Zero is about three hours, okay? Yeah. It's uh, made by ASCII Studios, published by Devolver Digital. It's really short, but that doesn't mean it's not good. Like, Okay. Cause when I finished expensive. it, I was kind of surprised. I was like, wait, it's over? Really? Um, to describe it, like, in the, like, fastest and easiest way, it's like, you're a cool katana dude, and you're basically doing, like, 2D Hotline Miami. Oh! But while you're doing your Hotline miami uh, you can slow down time. So you can deflect bullets back at enemies. You can dodge, like, obstacles and everything. And the way the game is framed, or, like, the way it's presented, it's as if every level you complete, you're looking at um, security footage. Oh, really? So every time you die, it's like it's like a VHS tape. And it's like, whoa, wait, that didn't happen like that. And then it kind of rewinds. Ah, oh, I see. And then when, That's once nice you finish concept. the level, you kind of see how you do it completely in one go. And you look like an insane turbo yeah. assassin. Because the game get... looks so good, man. <laughs> <laughs> it has great reviews. I remember it's, seeing it's it. It's really good. The soundtrack is like bomb it's in that same vein as like hotline miami not as like um not as like loud mm-hmm. but it's very like techno trancey kind of gets you in a vibe and just like gives you a rhythm and it's like it's you kill on one hit you die in one hit i like okay. that i like that it, it's just the right level of frustrating because it gives you that power trip also at the same time and it's it's much like celeste it's like just short condensed levels that you go through so there's always a feeling like even though like there's frustration i don't know i I didn't even feel frustrated failing because you start you know that you just start over again so quickly that like you don't have time to just be like oh it's it doesn't feel like secure where there's loading and then you need to get back to where you need to go and stuff like that that like for hard games it's really just a boon and just like a motivation to keep going when you can just restart automatically and it gets that and understood that from Hotline Miami and Celeste. Yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned those two games because they're like some of the best uh, indie games, right? Yeah, And I think it's Absolutely. because of that loop. Mm-hmm. You get into that loop, you lose, you start again right away. Like, I, I hope more games... Obviously with indie, it's a bit easier to do that because loading times are... Less. Yeah. But like, yeah, I hope they learn from that more and more yeah well it's good to see that some people are understanding that and now there's more positive examples mm-hmm. of mm. games having like their fail states not being so punitive yes like absolutely just you want to get people playing not feeling bad about not succeeding there's yes a, there's a, like a I indie agree game that came out a few months ago uh, the messenger Mm. And it kind of had that approach yeah. of like making you feel bad for, for dying. Yeah, but... But it's still a bit a of pimp. an improvement. Mm. Yeah, but I, I feel like we're past that. Mm-hmm. You, you're, you're exactly right. Those are the right words. Like, we have to make you play. Like, mm-hmm. play the game as much <laughs> as possible. And that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. The loading is there because it was a hindrance. Yeah. Now it's kind of there just for fun. Like in indie games, yeah, it's kind of there, like to to have a joke or whatever, mm-hmm. and it it doesn't have a place to be. If you if you can not have it, yeah, if it's not a technical limitation, yeah, don't bother with it. Like it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's funny how the contrary also works. Mm-hmm. You know what's the most punishing? Roguelikes. 
Mm-hmm. That works. <laughs> is, there's a yeah. whole game designed yep. around those failures. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you know what you're getting into in a certain way. Like yeah. You, that's like you start that game knowing full well that this is part of like the experience of the intended experience that's mm-hmm. given to you. Like the, the the design is around that. Whereas like you have some games like uh, and I uh, I'd say I'd love Sekiro to a certain degree. But I didn't like the loading every time I died. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give it points for that. Like it's it's. If it, it's a bad game yeah. design. Yeah. Well, it's just yeah, just in a certain way. Like, you need to find ways to. Get rid of that mm. as much as possible, and I know like it's magical thinking on my part, but it's still valid criticism in a certain way. If we yeah. can design games around those limitations, that's how we'll get just a better medium. Yeah. Overall and. Katana Zero is an example of that. Whereas, like, those three hours flew by. So, like, you, you played for three hours. Mm-hmm. And it's 25 bucks. Mm-hmm. Would you say it's a must-play this year? Um, yes. Cool. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. Yes. Wow! It's on my wish list. I really want to play Because I didn't finish, like, talking about, like... I didn't even explain yeah, what the game ahead. is about. <laughs> but, uh... Overall, yeah, I'd say like it's definitely worth the trip, and the way it ends, it really feels like they're gonna go for sequels or DLC or something. Yeah. Like I am, everyone and their grandmothers are convinced. That, like, that's, that was the biggest <laughs> complaint I've seen online for mm-hmm. for reviews. It's uh, just like it feels unfinished. It feels like they're, oh, they're pushing for it's, more. It's finished, but oh, okay. it's a complaint that's a good one in a certain way. It's just like mm. the complaint is. We wanted more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like we want ah, more levels. See, that's a good. We want that's a good complaint. More of this game. That yeah, means that's totally you're fine. Exactly. Yeah. It means you've done it right, but it's like it's it's you feel like cut short. It's like that show that ends too early, like Firefly reference, whatever. But uh, uh, just um, but no, it's true because Fire- I can see Firefly keep going on and then being terrible. Bad. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like yeah. maybe Uh-oh. we're living in the. In the good timeline where Firefly hasn't didn't turn out terrible after a while. Yeah, where the Matrix stopped at one. <laughs> they announced like a fourth one. <laughs> oh, I'm one step Working closer to <laughs> to buying a gun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, which is impossible yeah. here in Canada. <laughs> so, Katana Zero. Um, like how it describe how it looks it's like it's really like finely detailed pixel art it has like this like noir aesthetic but it's like all neon a little bit like hotline miami or uh, i'd say it's more like blade runner type like setting yeah feels like a bit like cyberpunkish future but really like a film noir style and you're this katana dude that's like uh someone who survived the war there was a war and he's a war veteran mm-hmm and uh, he has like some form of like PTSD and he needs medication he like between every mission mission you go to your therapist and you talk about the previous mission and you get some medication you get a shot and that's the thing that kind of gives you your slowdown power ah your therapist is also the one who gives you like uh, contracts to kill people like your main character is a hitman. That okay. is very interesting. And what I didn't expect from that game is that you have conversation choices. 
What? When you're at your therapist, when you're uh, in missions, you meet people sometimes. There's like other characters or like one of the first missions, you go into a hotel because you need to kill someone who knows something and your character doesn't really ask questions like he's a hitman. And then the lady at the counter of the hotel is like, oh, hi, sir. What are you here for? And then you have multiple choices because you're dressed like a stereotypical like Ronin, you mm-hmm. know, with the robes and the katana. And you can say, oh, I'm a cosplayer. Or, oh, I'm just going to take a bath here. Like, hmm. and then those choices does affect how the mission goes out and how you... Oh, leave. it does? Yeah. Huh. So to it's not just fluff. Cer- to a certain degree. Oh, yeah, yeah. It and doesn't... It's, it's very minimal. And, like, not to spoil too much, there's only two endings to the game. Okay. And it's pretty it's obvious. more than one. Mm, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. But yeah. throughout missions and throughout, like, your therapy sessions... You have conversation choices, and it's really cool to see how they go. And you also have one feature that I've barely seen in any other games that have conversation choices. You have an interrupt button. You can stop someone from talking at any time and just, like, no, you say something over them. Really? Yeah. Just like the Renegade function in Mass Effect 2? But even the Renegade function was timed for specific... Yeah, it's true. In this game, you can stop everyone at any time from talking really what yeah. the hell like, huh. like you can play your press for time basically yeah, yeah. and there's effects like yeah, apparently there's like you get a really different reaction from your therapist if you constantly interrupt them really yeah and yeah but yeah. It, like that's really interesting we're getting to spoilers therapy mm-hmm. but i, I i'm with like with what you've mentioned that's that's what my what my brain goes to but basically like you could play with um since it's it's filmed and you're like retelling it mm-hmm. you can play with like how you misremember your, your it, 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 yeah it's mainly a story about an unreliable narrator yeah okay. and there's points cool, where cool, it's cool. like the medication is affecting his capacity to recall okay. what happened and there's like a lot of That's like great f- they go there, yeah. there's like a lot of fourth wall breaking moments where it's like nice. did the mission really go that way yeah that's what I thought okay cool <laughs> whoa yeah. holy and shit just, yeah and, and that, I gotta try the shit out like as much as the gameplay was really tight and responsive and the art looked great like even if it's like just like 2D sprite art like pixel art uh, it, the that was an extra surprise that just elevated how I mm. liked that game even more so. And I'm just yeah. like... And... <clears throat> yeah, just... Again, I wish it was a bit longer. But this game makes me think about like how... You know, uh, what's it called? Um, CD Projekt Red's Cyberpunk mm. could play with some of these elements. But I have no idea how that's going to turn out. But moving on to another game that's like... That has that's Lots not coming shooting. out soon. Lots but of shooting is how it's gonna play. Yeah, I just I don't want it to be like a Fallout Four, but that's probably how it's gonna turn out. Ah oh, man! But uh, it's uh, we'll see. They've never made a bad game. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's true. It's true. You're right. Well, they never right. made an abysmal game. No, they've never made a bad game. Really? They, no, they've never really. They've all, never. all of their four games are good. Honestly, Five even games. if they're like they're technically buggy or like Eurojank or whatever people want to call them, they're good games. Eurojank. Yeah. Eurojank. Yeah. I never heard that term. It's it's a term. Oh my god. <laughs> Eurojank. It's like if you play like the Metro games, like Metro twenty yeah. thirty three, there's like they're you feel good. that 
level of janky, but it's like <laughs> you, your brain gets used to it, and it's still like a good game. Like at least twenty thirty three. I haven't played the other ones, so I you know. get what you get. Like you get used to uh, the, uh, <laughs> the 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 weird attack chains in The Witcher One. It's a double A game. Yeah, yeah, yeah the clicks <laughs> and stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's true, and the animations and the flips. So it was like, that game was a mod taken from, like, what, the Neverwinter Nights engine? Mm, yeah. yeah. And it shows. <laughs> <laughs> Which was already Eurojank. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, it wasn't, but the Eurojank did by making their own game with it, but it's uh, with the potato faces. But oh. that game has, <laughs> Which one has so much charm and just, like... It's a good game. Well, yeah. Well, it's like it's the things I love about the Witcher games, like you know, the wedding and like the 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 Witcher three uh, Heart of Stone, where it's like, hey, three hour scene of a wedding where nothing oh. wrong happens. Oh. You know how like a lot of open world games, they always bring you to a mission and something has to go down. Yeah. And then you have to fight. Oh, you mean all of Red Dead? All of Red Dead, all of, Red <laughs> Red Auto, all of like a lot of like open world games where like they bring you into missions. Like that. You know, sometimes uh-huh. there are missions where just. You're having drinks with old time friends, and you shoot the shit. You choose what you talk about. Mm-hmm. It, it, it has Even heart. Metro does that. Yeah, yeah. but that's. I, I feel like it's a very Eastern European way of like uh, storytelling in video games. Like they give the characters a moment to be people, mm-hmm. not yeah. just like video game like assassin killer protagonist murder people. Absolutely, and, uh, that's, that's I agree welcome. with that. That's definitely welcome. The Witcher One has that, where like you just drink with your friends, or you're trying to meet a, a, a girlfriend of yours, but her grandmother is like sleeping on the ground floor, and you're drunk and you're trying to not wake her up. Yeah, there's that thing where you are the main character of the game, but not of the story necessarily. Yeah, like even in The Witcher, mm-hmm. which is really nice, like and really rare in gaming. Yep. Where it's like there is a whole world and uh, things happening out there. They're kind of there for some of the things, but yeah, you're not the most important person during those moments. Which, like, even Odyssey, you're you're just like you're the most important person in Greece. <laughs> yeah, you just yeah. the war will be decided on which side you yeah. choose to join. Yeah. Like that's the whole like, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's uh, but that's. Video games, they're learning. Uh, yeah, Katana Zero, strong recommend. Uh, other than that, I've tried some demos for some games. Uh, I'll talk about them fairly quickly. I've tried uh, Long Gone Days, which was uh, oh, shown. Yeah. Uh, well, it's an early access. It was shown during the um, kind of funny. Yeah, the Vodka. kind of fun, the kind of funny uh, games uh, showcase, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like the anti-war JRPG. Yes, like I was interested uh, in, 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 in seeing how it would play out. I think you'd like that game a lot. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. It really has like that like anime aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And it's made by Bura Studios, I think I'm pronouncing it right. They're from Chile, mm-hmm. if I'm not wrong. And it's like the main um, like the main director is Camila Gormaz. Like she works mm-hmm. like she does the art and the business side of Bura Studios. They're like four people and I think even with like extended help, they're not more than twelve. Wow, okay. And uh, this is like a game where, as I mentioned, it's anti-war. But it's you start off as this character that's grown up in this underground, like, um, Starship Troopers-type fascist society. Like, you're born, mm. your genetics tell you you're going to be a sniper. 
So you don't learn anything else really. You're raised to be a sniper, you turn into like, you, you turn of age, and then you get sent off on the surface, which is like Earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're sent on a mission. You're basically this secret society that exists underground uh, that gets hired by nations to do like coups and stuff. Okay. I feel like that's um, oh, okay. it's it's cool to see that considering like I feel like Chile has a history of, of knowing course, those kind of yeah. like uh, yeah cool and stuff like they they'd have something interesting to say about that and just on the first mission you're More playing like this Kojima. Hmm? yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and just you're uh, you you're this character like called Rourke and uh, he goes on his first mission somewhere like across like Poland and Russia and just like he has, uh, has like soldier's remorse. Like he starts, you know, doing his sniper business, but he's like, oh man, even the kids are going like, I'm not okay with this. And the game starts and you're just, you're deserting with one of your buddies. Yeah. And huh. that's the game. And there's like uh, people you need to talk to. Uh, there's language barriers you need to cross oh, basically. Yes. And there's a whole element of like, how do you communicate? How do you like you come from a place people don't even know exist and you have to pretend that you're a refugee from somewhere, let's say, and you don't even speak the language. Ah, uh, okay. And that's where the game, like, huh. is going. Like, that's what it wants to do. That's very the, ambitious. Uh, yeah, the early access demo doesn't go too much into that whole aspect of, like, um, uh, just, like, going through the language barrier. Mm-hmm. But you get the JRPG elements, and it's like basic, like, you know, um, how do you say, uh, it resembles like a um, RPG maker game. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certain elements with like some cool like anime art. And uh, that was, that was long gone days. But uh, not the cheap kind of RPG, because they're, they're, they look like they're a dime a dozen when it, they're just done with their normal templates. But I do remember distinctly the trailer in my head still. And it's it's well stylized and everything, and it it looks like the people you can get attached to them and everything, and you get yeah. the feel of their personality. Yeah, uh, did you um, encounter the morale system in the demo? Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of the um, something they explain a little bit in the game, but it's basically sometimes you have decisions within combat, or it's like you could. Someone is trying to shoot you and you can yell like, hey, stop, mm. or um, you decide to run instead. Okay. Or you just shoot first and your party's morale is affected. And it's just basically like a stat in combat. Oh, okay, okay. It's not that... It's not that big of a... Yeah, it's... It's, it's a stat. Yeah, yeah. it's... I, I didn't see it affect the, the story in itself, mm. but it does affect how, like, your uh, allies work in combat. Okay. So it's kind of like the Banner Saga kind of moral. Like, uh, uh, it's it's kind of a, a factor whenever you try to make a move or anything. It's a stat, too. Yeah, it's a stat. Let's say, like, your healer will be will heal less huh. for that turn or something. Okay. Like, it's, uh, it's minor, minor gameplay elements. But, yeah, it seems interesting. Um, that demo was... Like, it was a good demo, but it's still, like, too early to say how it's going to turn out. Mm -hmm. But definitely just by its theme and its, like, what it's trying to do at its core, I think it's worth a look. Like, this is going to be an interesting game to look at in, like, that whole 
collection of like anti-war games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Take note of that. Mm-hmm. I was already interested in the style of it. Yeah. I'm a sucker for for, for those anime. Yeah. For that anime aesthetic. Yeah. I've also tried like Heaven's Vault. There was a demo that was released um, over Vault. the weekend. It's an archaeology game. It's made by Inkle Studios. I think they're from Great Britain. And it's really like... You know how like Uncharted or Tomb Raider tries to say that... You know, they're <laughs> archaeologists. But they're yeah. basically just like... Shooters. Yeah, they're mostly <laughs> like murderers and like... Yeah. Exotic places and like kind of like uncovering the the history of a place. They're a little bit like more like looters in a certain way. Uh, in this game, it's really like your... Your, uh, I think your your character is like Yasmina or something. I can't remember her name. And it's like in this space sci-fi setting. And you're sent by like your university professor to investigate this old like civilization. There's like architecture and ruins that you find. And you find mm. traces of symbols. And then just by deduction, you take those symbols and you assign them meaning through like educated guesses and context. Like wherever you are. And then you'll find more of these symbols as you explore areas. And then you can change your interpretation. So it's really it's really academic mm-hmm. in its approach to archaeology. It's really not like fast-paced gaming action. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's doing karate chop uh, poses <laughs> that you can't see. It's kind of, it's kind of like a, a uh, point-and-click type of game, but with those elements not not necessarily a point and click but it has that vibe of like it's slow paced and deliberate yeah well I'll, I'll explain it like a little bit it's like it's mostly it's you need to be patient like what the game requires of you as a skill is your ability to recall so like yeah as an archaeologist like oh you saw that symbol and it it does keep like track of like what you found where and what meaning did you assign to each symbol mm. but you can shift them around as you find oh. new ones okay that's really cool so oh, that is there's cool. a lot of like menu navigation if you want but it's presented in like a very elegant like ralph bakshi style like animated film mm. and it's like you have like frames are like stopped at like every step you take with your character and like you're this girl and her like uh robot assistant six and you can you can always like as soon as you find something you can either think about it you can talk about it with the robot and say what do you think about it too Mm -hmm. you can question like the origins of what you found or just like deliberate kind of like you know how like characters in video games speak out loud yeah 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 but it's basically you choose how she interprets what she found and it can kind of give you hints. Oh, it does. Okay. Of what's happening. And what's really impressive about this game is that it doesn't tell you if you succeeded or not. Ah, I was going to ask you that. It doesn't go like, good job, you figured it out or not. It, it really commits to that archaeology sense of like, everyone's dead. No one's going to tell you if you're right or wrong. Like, you're just, you're, you're trying to revive a dead language. I think that's really that. important that they didn't do that nuance. It would be a little cheesy if you if you just go with with trial and error and then 
you have the right one and you hear chime and then you're like that's not being an archaeologist you don't hear chime when no. you, you're like oh, okay that's the right meaning and then it's like well how can you be sure even <laughs> with all of the stuff that you would get to discover until the end of the game you would not be sure even an iota yeah you know yeah but that's 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 what i liked about it and it really gives you an insight into probably not exactly what it's like to be an archaeologist but probably the closest there is in a video game mm -hmm. right now to like you kind of just wing it and you have to go through like peer reviews and like you meet your professor and then they'll might criticize you on how you do this and how much you spent to uncover this and and there's all those elements within the game but just the fact that like it's not gonna tell you if you're right or wrong and just you're gonna have to figure it out if it fits or else you're just writing a version of history as an archaeologist that'll probably be revised by someone else later because <laughs> you yeah. half-assed it in a certain way mm, that's interesting though yeah it gives a real taste of archaeology yeah and it's, it's, it's really really weird that it took that long for a game to actually nail that <laughs> well it's, it's tough because there's a whole element of like you need to sell your game it needs to appeal to like popular tastes and usually there's like the path dependency fallacy where it's like the more something has been done the more it'll be done because that's what's been shown to be successful and that's why like uh some movies don't take risks some companies don't take risks some mm -hmm. games won't take risks Absolutely. in making something that's really different and out of the blue and mm -hmm. this game manages to do that and yeah i feel like just the feature that it's like you you associate symbols and you explore and you just like you deduce what they mean between each other because like you'll find a building that's not really regal let's say and there's a bunch of books and just a bunch of beds so you might figure out that this place is probably a hospital or something so mm -hmm. the engravings you'll find on the entrance might be like home life mm -hmm. or something and then yeah. you'll see that inscription on another building somewhere else where you see like at the entrance of every building so that inscription probably means like building mm -hmm. and then depending on the function of that building the other symbol will let you figure out what that what it means what's the word mm -hmm. but you have to explore the building to know what the function home uh homes like government or like library yeah or, exactly yeah. and uh, that's that's how it works and uh, that game came out recently i think it's been oh it's out came, yeah it came yeah. out two weeks ago but i just tried the demo because i was like what's what's an archaeology game even like is the, what is, the the, is the demo on ps4 or did you try it on because it's on ps4 or the game is on ps4 hmm. uh it's on pc as well the demo i've seen it on steam because like past weekend there was like a ludo Naracon. Which was, like, a convention for, like, uh, games that try to tell stories in, like, unconventional ways. And it was, like, this free all-online con. And uh, a bunch of studios just released demos for their games. Oh, okay. Instead of, like, you having to go, like, to PAX to try out a demo or something. That's Dude, really cool. Yeah. America. And there's a very uh, democratic element to it. And I yeah. think, like, most of, like, the panels and stuff are all online now. And they can be, like... Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, they can be viewed. So, yeah, Ludo Naracon, that was a cool thing. And it's, it's a good way for, like, yeah. Steam to kind of, like, fight back against, like, people moving away to Epic or something. It's like, 
That's Ooh. that's a good move. It's to have like strange timing, like isn't free it? Free all online convention hosted by like game developers and making demos directly accessible there. That was nice. Yeah. But uh, Heaven's Vault, I tried the demo. Um, pretty sure I'm gonna buy that game. <laughs> cool. cool, cool. Yeah, it looks really I'll fun. Demo, yeah. I I would. It's it's weird. I would love to watch you play. I'll, I'll show you. And I would I would try to figure out things with you. It looks like the type of game that you, it, it would be that's nice to play as play, a group. Yeah, yeah, that's a game that can be like a uh, backseat. Yeah, like it would be too frustrating to have like two or three people on just backseat gaming because mm-hmm. it's like I said, like the, the the most required skill of that is like deduction, patience, and recalling. Yep. Like it's it doesn't like you don't need to be holding a controller. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm curious to see how it's doing on Twitch. Like, if there's people playing on Twitch with like, uh, mm-hmm. with like, comments and stuff. Like, uh, yeah, and just like having like the people interact. Twitch plays. <laughs> Twitch <laughs> plays. Oh my god. Yeah. 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 Uh, other than that, I saw one movie. Which one? Tell me about it. Uh oh! Is it the big movie? It involves uh, a detective. Ah, an electric detective. Oh, there you go. Does he gotta go fast? <laughs> <laughs> he eventually does, but he doesn't need to. Can't do it in public. No, and he is <laughs> definitely, definitely not living in a gangster's paradise. Oh my god, a trailer <laughs> makes me cringe. <laughs> so, so how was Detective Pikachu? Um, it was good. Uh, the yeah. Pokemons were there and they were cute and Pikachu <laughs> did the thing and uh, <laughs> good, good <summer> <laughs> huh? he did good the thing movie. yeah it's it's good like if you're a Pokemon fan you're gonna f- enjoy yeah, it go okay. see it with your kids and okay. it's like it's fun and that's a movie where Ryan Reynolds actually carries a lot of that movie yeah. but some of the jokes kind of vary between like oh ha 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 it's very funny for the children and sometimes like I feel like that That's like one one nuance away from being like a Deadpool quote. Yeah. Sometimes and I'm like, really? That Pikachu just said that. Yeah. Okay, but I feel like it's Ryan Reynolds just having fun with the yeah. character. No, um, at least it's visible that he's having fun. I mean, there would have been a, a a small line between him having fun and him just delivering family-friendly lines, you know. <laughs> you like Pokémons? Yeah. Look, it's Tauros. Look, yeah. it's Pidgeotto. Oh, it's Pidgeotto. Mewtwo. Oh, shit. He's scary as shit. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I, um, it's a fun movie, and I feel like we've been, like, focusing on a lot of, like, movie events, and Detective Pikachu could be kind of considered, like, somewhat a movie event for, like, hardcore, like, Pokemon fans and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it's okay to just have, like, an okay film. And to me, that's what it was. It's like, go see it with your family or like your nephew or your kid or something and uh, don't bother with the plot yeah there's no plot it doesn't matter it's like the it's like the pokemon games it's like the first pokemon movie what the fuck was that every pokemon movie had a bad plot like it's just it's all 24 of them there are 24 pokemon (laughs) movies fucking christ man 24 (laughs) (laughs) 
It's uh, and if you're not that interested, don't bother. That's it. But uh, yeah, Detective Pikachu, Pika Pika, yay! Oh, some of the music from the Game Boy games kind of got like some nice renditions. I think that's pretty nice. And there is some cool set design though. It's that's that's yeah, one of so the things they got right. Some of the places there look like they were built as if like humans and Pokemon lived together. And I thought like. Oh, that's like, my that's my that's what I'm most interested in with this thing. It's that city mm-hmm. where there is no fighting, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, there there's gonna be some fighting. But it's like, but there, like there's <gasps> like some really some, the idea yeah. that they they live together. Yeah, it, like there's a there's a Detective Pikachu game, obviously on, but it's on 3ds. I I I like the idea of going. This is a movie about not Ash. Mm-hmm. Like yep. winning badges or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this yeah. is for once the world of Pokemon, mm-hmm. and it kind of like put it, it can push games too. Like it'll push mm-hmm. hopefully like the whole world of Pokemon a bit larger than it was. Yeah, as we've mentioned like on previous podcasts, like maybe all Pokemon games don't have to just be like being the very best. Sometimes, what if you're an archaeologist in the Pokemon universe? Yeah. Yes. What if like, I don't know, you're a firefighter and you need to like organize like a bunch of like squirrels and stuff. And Yeah. It's like, how do you, how does that world function? Like, have fun with the world building. Like, you've created this insane world. Yeah, like the misadventures of Tron Bone, but in like <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, that's a good yeah. metaphor. It's true, eh? Pokemon game. I still yeah. remember that game. Oh so lord. <laughs> um, just be Jotaro with like uh, Gyarados and explore yeah. like underwater like shit. Like just Yeah, be be Ash's pal for have, once. It's yeah, a universe, have fun with like, it. Make, yeah. yeah, make what you want. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, Ash always if if, if Ash always gets a new pal that has a um, different aspect on it, like a Pokemon breeder or like uh, um, a photographer or whatnot, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? Playing always does it on purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like you did with Pokemon Snap. He mm-hmm. was one of Ash's buddies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, it's just like... Todd, let's take the worst the, buddy, but let's, still. Let's take the point of view camera away from Ash for just a second. Just a second and let's focus on... Friend, let's focus on Nurse Joy. Let's focus on like someone else, or like just have like a what's it called? The police officer. Like, what's it like being a police in a Pokemon world? What are the crimes even? Wait a minute. How do you like? Yeah, you're yeah. onto something. I would watch a movie about Team Rocket. Absolutely. Yeah. Jesse and James seem. It, 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 it sometimes they carry the show. I would watch a point of view movie of them. Yeah, just. Go I, I don't even care if it's a musical. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or uh, have a city builder. Oh, that would be awesome. Just anything, really. Yeah, just. Well, anything. there's a new Pokemon game that was just announced for mobile, but they haven't said what it's going to be. Pokemon Eesh. Go to go no, more. No, not, not by them. Not by Niantic. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. But, Phew. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Not a disaster. Cool. Good to know. Yeah. I, Good I lighthearted thing. Because yeah. I've I've seen a lot of people disappointed because they overhyped it. But I'm thinking it's gonna be a fun movie. Yeah. I mean it, you can't go wrong. No. Yeah. Just come looks like Pokemon. Fun. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Yeah. Um and I watched some TV during uh last week's. 
I watched an HBO show that's coming to its conclusion and it's just everyone is talking about it because it's like so big and it's like it's been going on for years and there's like just a lot of you know how it handles its politics and people Uh are like have been like following it for a while and is that like Chernobyl? No. (laughs) No, but I'm interested in that. Mm -hmm. And uh man Curb? <laughs> oh, oh! Man, you're, you're stealing the punchline, man. I was talking about Veep. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's true. It's ending, man. <laughs> man you misleading episode, motherfucker. Ep- <laughs> what was I gonna say? What else is going on on HBO? That's I know as huge that's and been ending. very like and over the years, over very the controversial. Years. Yeah. Damn yes, us as the Mad Queen. <laughs> pretty much no better Uh, but uh, yeah Veep finished yesterday and I watched that finale yeah what a good finale like what a good good. series like Armando Iannucci just like after the thick of it yeah I know I know but gone for like two seasons or something yeah people have been saying it's bad since Mm, it's like the two last seasons of The Office (laughs) the before last season was kind of so and so in my opinion because it was kind of like a they try to make it different by having like a buffer season where it's like suddenly she doesn't want to be present anymore. It's like, what if everyone is... Uh, well, just I'll explain yeah. Veep in general for people who don't know. It's this ongoing show like... Well, it's finished now. It was going on HBO that was created by Armando Iannucci originally. Mm-hmm. which He did like The Thick of It, which is like a British like uh, comedy of errors yes. set in like municipal <laughs> like... Um, you know, Great Britain, like, politics and just, like, uh, how, like, yeah. it's all broken and people try to pretend that they know what they're doing, but it's just, everything <laughs> doesn't work out. It's just, like, the communications, like, guys, terrible at communications. I'm and stuff and I'm laughing. <laughs> like, it's so do you remember how, like, he describes Star Wars? Yeah. And well, it's just, like, he's the communications guy. It's like, what's that movie? There's that furry thing that stinks and there's a <laughs> robot and the guy fucked his fucking sister I mean Star Wars yeah that fucking movie <laughs> that's the communications guy for that municipal department he's so bad <laughs> but it's fucked his fucking sister <laughs> Oh, Doctor <laughs> uh, Peter Capaldi. That's that's how he got yeah. famous. Like it's through Armando Iannucci. It's Peter Capaldi. Yeah. yeah. He, he, oh, yeah. I love and, him. In the thick of it, like that's oh. that's the original show. And at some point, Armando Iannucci was approached by HBO to do the same thing, but in an American context. And it's about hmm. like uh, the vice president of America, and she's played by uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus, hmm. uh, formerly known as like Elaine. From mm-hmm. Seinfeld. Yeah. And it's good to see her again because, damn, she's such a good actress. She delivers, yeah. like, so well. And just, like, her surrounding cast of, like, helper buffoons just make it, make the show, like, just, it's so watchable. Even though if you go, like, season through season, not a lot happens. It's like, goofier than, like, the, the other. Uh... It's Americanized. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you have, like, the Gary character who kind of, like, sucks up to her and it's, like, in the thick of it, that kind of character would have just quit. Yeah. Like, it would have been, like, in the most embarrassing thing, and he would have tried to get his job back for, like, some awful or, like, yeah. just, like, 
misfortunate reason. We would have had a dick pic. <laughs> or something, yeah. <laughs> and you just understand, like, it's a huge satire of, like, how American politics work and just life, like, the work life in the White House is mm-hmm. and how, like, the vice president is basically just constantly ignored by the president. <laughs> yep. And uh, just, like, uh, Dreyfus's character just wants to... Uh, Selena Myers just wants to become president eventually. Everything is just about building up her career. She doesn't really have a political platform. Her platform is whatever people want to hear that'll get me president. <laughs> and sometimes, like, she'll say, like, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll go into, like, a anti-abortion law to someone. And then she knows that she can get, like, a lot of voters by going to that other person. But they just had an abortion for some reason. So it's like, oh, and then she has to kind of like negotiate like, oh, shit, this is a huge fuck up. I can't be like, mm-hmm. I have to make a decision. It's just like a lot of situations like that. And it goes on through like the seasons and it tries to remain topical what's going on in American politics at the time. Uh, but it just ended last night. And uh, it really wraps like nice and tight bow around the series it's a good way to finish it Mm. Uh, it really considers just like all the years of what the show was and who the characters were and like the characters that are more interesting get more screen time the characters Mm -hmm. that are kind of more like jokes yeah like yeah just like punchlines get a little bit less but everyone gets their moment Mm -hmm. and it it makes you go through like a nice roller coaster of emotions that I didn't expect like I didn't expect to like, I laugh a lot, and it's really, like, it's weird to say, but, like, uh, it's kind of like a mean-intentioned laugh, where it's like, ha, <laughs> politics. <laughs> <laughs> Shitty politicians. Ha, <laughs> fuck you. That's, that's how we see you, kind of humor. I bet I bet the, it's intentional, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah. that's the, Yunu, like, Yunuchi style. But uh, it does get you, like... It does get you feeling a little bit like of, you know, it's like, oh, this is this is ending. Um, I'm a bit like sad about this. It's a bit yeah. bittersweet. Um, and it does it well, contrarily to a lot of other shows that have failed or are failing to do so. Yes. Veep. Where, where, where the cast is happy that it's ending. And, and <laughs> yeah. 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 Remember Lost? Oh Remember boy! Battlestar Galactica. So <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, Lost shout out to uh, the death of Stalin. Yeah, good film. Oh yeah. Same, Same director. Yep. Amazing, hilarious movie where Buscemi <laughs> plays. I'm sold. I'm sold. I won't say more, but he's yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's, that's not a bad uh, introduction to you, Yanucci. Yeah, right. I think it's the most accessible. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah. yeah. And then build your way up from there. And I'd say, like, maybe it's keep, Netflix. Maybe keep the thing. Yeah. yeah. I cried laughing. Stalin's son. <laughs> My God. Like, uh, and the thing is, I read an Atlantic article about that film. And some moments of that film feel, feel like, totally absurd, like a Yanucci exaggeration. And if you look yeah. at, like, the history, it's like, it's that kind of shit happened. Yeah. And it's like, it's... 
I just love With the absurdity kid? of life. It's all true. Yeah. yeah. The most of the movie is true. Exactly. That's yeah. what's surprising. You'll look at the movie and you'll be like, that's that's ridiculous. Like, Buscemi doesn't like, even no. try to have a Russian accent. No. Well, none of the characters. Yeah. It's like All of the characters are just, ah, oh, we're in this movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Really? And I think that adds to the comedy. It's just like, yeah. it doesn't... It wow. doesn't try to force an accent because you don't it. need to. You know this is a Russian setting. Like, yeah, yeah. Because the setting is the death of Stalin. Stalin dies, and you have all these other people who are just like, okay, how do we either take power or like, what the fuck do we do? And it it is super accurate in, in its uh, in its facts at least, not necessarily mm-hmm. how they were like, yeah, how they felt, but it's like. It's basically people are incompetent or like really want power. <laughs> and they're mm. also like just conniving yeah. behind each other's back. No, like it's like, very I, I, I won't sell you out, but they, they totally will. Like yeah. no one's trusting of each other and trying to pretend that they're like, no, 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 I, I wasn't trying to betray you now. <laughs> well, and it's, like it's the, hard to convince someone the, that. No, it, it does. The thing it does is like the the events in the movie happen in like two months, and they made them happen like two or three days. Mm-hmm. But that's the only like inaccuracy to like yeah. make a fun movie. Yeah. Well, but everything is super accurate and it's surprising. Yeah. You condense time, and that that could as well. We'll show you the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> that that could be a play <laughs> as well. Yeah, definitely. It's, like, it feels well. His stuff feels like plays yeah. yeah i became a, a fan of steve buscemi really late uh because he plays uh one of the um main uh main characters in a very little known series made by louis ck who's now fallen from grace uh, <laughs> with his career but he made uh, pro Jared. yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's let's not open that can of worms right now but eventually maybe <laughs> rip rip 2019 <laughs> take away don't do that shit yeah yep <laughs> don't do that shit boys um especially with underage fans but uh horse and pete a series made uh written directed by louis ck uh, his his own child that he barely advertised that he advertised only through mm-hmm. emails of people that were already subscribed to his website mm-hmm. uh, he just wrote like really long personalized personal emails going like check out my series I've been wanting to do this for a while and sold every episode five bucks that's it and that I, I bought every episode as it was coming out I didn't expect to like it and it's a serious serious uh, series uh, of uh, two people running a bar and just the drama between the family and it's really really gripping and I didn't know Steve could could be that great well other than Reservoir Dogs and whatnot and you know he's been good in The Sopranos too people forget he's in two seasons I forgot too I forgot too (laughs) but he was really really incredible he played a, a yeah. mentally <laughs> unstable uh, uh, patron, mm-hmm. and uh, he was—he he really plays a pivotal part in the, the plot of the show. And my God, I'm a huge fan. Ghost World. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh man, I've been associated <laughs> to that meme because I'm so much older than the people that I hang out with. I love <laughs> Steve Buscemi eyes. Yep. You've seen that meme. Yeah. Those eyes photoshopped everywhere. All bugging out and shit. Um, yeah, just to end my week, uh, I watched also Tuca and Birdie. Oh, yeah. Animated show on Netflix by uh, um, uh, Lisa Hanawalt, who's uh, one of the artists and um, showrunners of um, BoJack Horseman. Oh, okay, yeah, that show. Yeah. It's like a, a bird. Yeah, but... Like, they're birds. Uh, much like BoJack Horseman, it's a world where there's, like, animal people. There's only one human in that show, and she's creepy. She's a bird watcher, so she's kind of a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> well. So, so it's like, oh, that's, yeah, that's interesting, like, from a animal kingdom perspective. It's a nice it's, reversal. Yeah. And there's, like, plant people, too. And it's like a gal pal story. And it stars Ali Wong as a Birdie. And a Tuka is played by Tiffany Haddish. Oh, nice. And it's just them, like, the, the whole show starts and they're just, they're not roommates anymore. Tuka, played by Tiffany Haddish, just moves one apartment up. <laughs> and it's just all the follow-up of, like, Birdie's boyfriend moving in, played by uh, Steven Yeun. Mm. Too. There's a lot of like um, voice actors, like cameo actors that come in. There's like Tessa Thompson at some point and stuff like that. Mm. Like nice. Bojack Horseman. And it's less heavy and intense in its themes than it's Bojack. Is like, yeah. Heavy than yeah. Bojack. yeah, Bojack just drives you into the ground really hard. Which but, I love. I love that yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. And it, that's, and it does it well. It does it incredibly well for... Mm-hmm. The, the type of show I expected it to be at the beginning. But um, it's just nice to have like a kind of like an animated Gal Pal show. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially since like, um, uh, you know, Broad City. Yes, it looks absolutely like Bro Jack Horseman crossed with with um, Broad City. With type. Broad City. It's, uh, it's, it's way more surreal. Like the art... Like, it goes a bit crazier and stretchier in its animation than mm-hmm. Bojack. Like, they really, like, do stuff that's just incoherent. And you just you just stick with it because it's animation. And that's one of the fun parts of animation, too. It's just, like, characters move in a certain way and then just, like, no one questions it. And you just take it for granted. There's a lot of humor for that. Like Felix the Cat. Um, I think it's, it feels like but the, it's not the first trying time. to freak you out. It's just oh, like, okay, yeah, yeah. It's true. Felix the cat tried to freak you out regularly. Like, like, like look at this. Really really? Like, it's really like it's creepy. Yeah, yeah it, <laughs> it wants you to feel uncomfortable at moments, like especially when they mix like live action sometimes with like just like there's a man laughing. Oh, I really want to rewatch that too. Like just old Felix the cat. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, uh, it's a uh, yeah. That's uh, fun. I think it's it's what it's like ten episodes. 30 minutes uh, it's, a, it's a nice recommend and uh, also watch Dairy Girls uh, Dairy D-E-R-R-Y yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm about it and um, it's set in the mid 90s in Londonderry so in Northern Ireland during the um, the infamous uh, Troubles mm. as uh, England would call it so it was like time that was like agitated in like Ireland because like there was a whole conflict with like the Catholics living in Northern Ireland mm-hmm. yeah. and the Protestant population of uh, Ulster or Northern Ireland. There was like 
armed conflict. Like there was uh, the NRA. Uh, what am I saying? The NRA, the IRA, was very active. Like the Irish Republican Army was like blowing up bridges and stuff like that. And there was a lot of military presence from England within Northern Ireland. And it, that show, as like its theme, like or like the 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 setting is like really politically heavy. Mm-hmm. It's a coming of age story between four oh, girls really? and a guy going through like high school during those years. Oh, I see. Wow, that's a tough juggling act. But it keep feels it light, real. And I think like uh, the showrunner, um, I forget her name. I don't know if you can like look it up or something like fact check it for me. But it's like it really feels Lisa like she. Hmm? Lisa McGee. Yeah. McGee, yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, it really feels like she grew up as a teenager during those times. Like she's probably like a maybe like few years older than us. Like. Mm-hmm. more or less a decade and just like negotiating having to be like a teenager and also living in like a war zone basically mm-hmm. in Europe and everyone kind of trying to forget that it's a war zone and just being teenagers but also constantly being reminded of that and uh, it really shines a light on just like the northern Irish experience even their accents are very local and specific the expressions they use mm-hmm. uh, I had to watch it with subtitles Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just like when I watched Snatch for the first time. I, I couldn't understand shit. Because it's like... Um, it's, it's so specific in its presentation. And uh, there's a nice element of feel-good to it. There's a nice element of like... There's an episode that mostly focuses on like... Oh, this is like more of like a religious episode. There's one where it's like they're trying to get a job... And it always gives you an insight into mm-hmm. the life at the time. And just like the family relationship. Like, what was it like being Catholic family in a country that doesn't, that resents you for being like Catholic in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And just how they, they, they go through that. And like I said, there's four girls and a boy. And the boy, it's really funny because he's kind of, a, he's English. And he's a cousin, one of the characters. And they just berate him through the show he barely gets any lines barely gets anything everybody kind of like just reduces him and kind of like emasculates him for just being like like he just the first time he introduces myself he's just like hey hi my name is blah I'm uh, new at this school and everyone looks at him because they have like the northern Irish accent he has the British one they're just like what are the sounds coming out of his mouth (laughs) I was like oh he's English don't worry about it like (laughs) <laughs> dismissed yeah forevermore yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's short I think it's six episodes and they're also like 30 minutes each mm-hmm. uh, some of the humor is pretty dark in there but I think you have to develop that kind of like dark humor when you grow up in that context yeah, yeah. and um, absolutely yeah that's uh, that was a nice uh, Netflix surprise are both seasons on there or just one there's just one on Netflix. Okay. Six episodes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, that's mostly uh, my uh, fair share of entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, do we have time to uh, go through the news or shall we save that for another time? Uh-huh. I think we kind of went through a lot of the news. Yeah. Throughout. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like we mostly talked about like what is there really? Well, 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So shall we move on to how we're going to entertain ourselves or how we think we're going to entertain ourselves in the next week? Well, first of all, I'm going to be f- full of Mother 3. I still yeah. have a lot to go through. Uh, it's it's a 25-hour game. Uh, I'm about, uh, I would say, one-third through. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a breath of fresh air. I'm taking my time. I love the music. Um, I will try to squeeze in to start another game. Yet another one. Yes. Yakuza 0. Mm-hmm. I want to put my fingers in the pie. Yeah. And um, I did buy a lot of games recently. Yes, I'm stacking up my 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 uh, my Steam backlog. That's how I roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Golf with friends, uh, many others, yeah. many other mini games that mm-hmm. I want to try out. Uh, I will will continue Risk of Rain, and I will drag your ass into it. Risk of Rain two. Yes, Risk of Rain two. Which is very different than one, by the mm-hmm. way. Big recommend for everyone out there. It's still, it's still in development, mm-hmm. and um, I still remember that I want to watch Russian Doll. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it's not gonna go away. Like it's a Netflix original. Mm-hmm. Take your time. And I've I've opened up my eyes at Korean cinema, and I'll probably dip towards that. <laughs> Do. And uh, huh. if you want recommendations, yeah. Um, my part, um, what I'm looking forward to, uh, it's kind of news, but it's related to news a little bit, but I'll make it short. Like, there was um, the Riot employees walkout on May 6th, mm. like the forced arbitrations for some of its employees that uh, filed uh, lawsuits for gender discrimination, according to like the California Equal Pay Act and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I, I didn't wow. find that story. That's really good. Yeah. yeah and uh, it turned out great. Like yeah. the walkout. Yeah. It worked. And just like people showed up and it got a lot of press and attention. Um, and they're going to have another uh, event. They called it Riot Unplugged. I think next week, if the forced arbitration isn't removed on the employees mm. uh, that were forced, like on that arbitration because they they experience a lot of gender discrimination there was an article in on uh, like about it on kotaku a while back where it's like okay. just the toxic toxic male shitty culture at riot is like really shitty okay basically it's not just salary it's just the whole thing yeah well there's salary yeah there's salary there's just the there's a culture problem but it's okay. also like financial like Cause it's insane it's, how it's, a, it's a, like IT or probably every job, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's kind yeah. of unequal. But like you yeah. know how like Google had a walkout too, like yeah. uh, a while back. Well, they had that, and there's gonna be another one next week. So I'm curious to see how it turns out. But so far, mm. Riot said that they won't have forced arbitration for its employees for its new employees anymore. But it didn't say mm. uh, if they keep it with their current yeah. employees <laughs> filing the lawsuit. Yeah. But that's what. Um, the the Already the right employees the, are uh, demanding. It's like remove the force arbitrations on everything. the current yeah. employees filing a lawsuit. Um, so there's that. And uh, games wise, I want to look at a game that's called um, a Plague Tale Innocence. Mm-hmm. I've heard about it just like fairly recently, like the day before yesterday, where it's like this kind of like. It reminds me of, like of a double A game, Senua's yeah, Sacrifice yeah. style, where it's set in France and um, you're this girl and you're 
you have a little brother and the plague is going on in France. Oh my god, and okay. you have to survive the plague and like avoid rats. Yeah, it looks super scary. But it's like, it's it's based on like yeah. a historical like disaster and there's scare. There's so many rats they put on that screen though. Yeah, there, there's nothing <laughs> like supernatural. Well, except maybe the quantity of rats at the same time. Yeah. But it seems like a better day is gone. You know that movie, that movie, oh, okay. that game, yeah. like we never mm-hmm. really care yeah. for or will ever. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah I'm, I'm curious Honestly, think, yeah. Uh, days gone. Uh, pew. Yeah. It's like <laughs> Portland it's bikers. Weird. Like, who asked for this? But I don't know. Maybe. maybe <laughs> yeah, it's true. Who asked for that? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe target audience. For it. Yeah. yeah, it's a weird subject matter. Mm-hmm. I like the uh, honestly. Just quick thing on days gone. Like it. It looks like a time sink, so that's mainly why I think we won't play it. No, uh, it yeah, looks, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the mechanics look really interesting. I, I, um, what I... Like, because I watched a bit of it, and what I see from it is it's kind of like a state of decay too, but much better. Yeah, and, and I, I see that. So, yeah. so I see it on you. I see the appeal. I see yeah, the appeal. Exactly. It's just the bike. It's but. just for me, I, I forget that. Because yeah. on first impression, what I see is just a biker guy in a zombie setting but then i forget that there's the whole like open world tactical survival element apparently it's very like low resource kind of game okay that well then that's maybe more interesting maybe one day if it's free on ps 60 hours in the world of too many games too little too late and why would you play that over let's say uh just cause Or State of Decay 2. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, if you want the AAA experience. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I see that. It's just... Um, uh, I was told uh, that they, they, they put in there like a, a kind of... A, like a, like there's a radio station. And it's mm-hmm. just like this super right-wing guy. And you got oh, again. Oh. They, do, they do that yeah. a lot in games. Alex yeah. Jonesy. Alex Jones, that's the name yeah. And you, you are Get me pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly Whatever. that. But in Spider-Man, it kind of fits. Yeah. Because it's part of the... Yeah. But in this one, it's just straight out. It's not comedy. And you have to listen to oh, it. Oh, no. Yeah. You have to listen to it. You can't uh, turn it off. It's linked to your progression. Oh, it's no. Yeah. That's weird. There's uh, something cringy about that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, maybe one day, maybe I will try it. Maybe if it comes out, maybe on Me- PS Plus, maybe for free, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's really lowering the bar. It's like, it's maybe worth the download space that I, it's going <laughs> to occupy. being real. <laughs> I'm never going to play it. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Sorry. Hard pass. <laughs> it's kind of like the end of the, the PS4 and there's just these games that are coming out where I'm like I'm looking forward to the other games that are coming out further down the line yep mm-hmm. so, yeah. yeah yeah well it's true by the time it happens it's right now so it's more. like backlog season yeah it, it's kind of nice to have that yeah or just like indie season or Mother 3 yeah season. Mm-hmm. although Super Mario Maker 2 is coming out yeah Nintendo's <laughs> on its own yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's yeah. Nintendo's Nintendo. Hmm. They'll be fine. Unscathed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. What about you? What are you looking forward to? 
Oh, there's so many movies coming out. Like, I I already I gotta watch Detective Pikachu. Um, I missed Shazam, mm-hmm. but like uh, tomorrow I'm probably gonna go see uh, Johnny Moo uh, release the new movie. Is Shadow. It? Yeah, Shadow. Yeah, I want to see that. So I'm probably going tomorrow uh, after my interview. Oh, okay. We'll I don't know if you have. A Anyway, but, I uh, might have time. It depends because uh, I'm on call. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's also like uh, this further down the line, but John Wick's coming out. Yeah. Oh yeah, John Wick three. Uh, Godzilla's coming out. Mm-hmm. There's Men in Black even further, but yeah, there's just a lot of movies coming out. Mm-hmm. So like that's gonna take some of my time. You mentioned the the Matrix earlier, and it reminded me I really want to watch the matrix one again because mm-hmm. i haven't seen it since uh since i got it on dvd uh, way back when the <laughs> early oddies yeah. naughties yeah the early naughties honestly it didn't age that badly i'm sure it didn't that's the thing like i mm-hmm. remember it fondly i don't remember the other ones fondly uh the only other uh, movie by uh the wachowskis that i like was probably speed racer yeah, I like oh. Speed Racer too. Yeah, it's very good. Super campy, it's super lovely, we're kind and of, lost. Right now we're kind of in an era where, like, I think if it came out today, it would be a huge hit. Mm-hmm. It feels kind of like Endgame or like uh, Alita. You know, it has mm-hmm. that. Anime yeah, yeah. Like. So yeah, uh, but anyway, I, there like Katana Zero is something I'd love to try. I don't know if I'll have any time for it or money. <laughs> But, three hours worst yeah. case scenario I'll lend you my switch but there's like, also <laughs> I guess you can, but there's leave also with like it, uh, Final Fantasy 9 I want to finish yeah uh, and Valhalla just came out on, on uh, switch on switch oh which really I was holding out for it to come out on switch to try it out mm. it's the cyber bartender action yeah. they say waifu bartending action game but like it's it isn't it's more than what that. it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the art style, but not necessarily like. Yeah. The. Yeah. And they're they're already mm-hmm. uh, they're releasing their sequel, I think, this year or, or early next year, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, set in the same universe but a different bar and a different character. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Just to expand on it, so like maybe nice. some mm-hmm. other people will show up and stuff. But yeah, uh, it, it looks really interesting. So I'd love to try that out. Nice. All righty. So uh, don't forget, if y'all want to join in that discussion, you can always contact us, you lovely fans. Either you're a dinosaur and you use email, you can send us emails at 3cthumbs at gmail.com. Or if you're evolved just like me, you could join our Discord community at tinyurl.com slash 3CT Discord. And uh, you'll be invited for free. You can ask questions to us. You could poke us. You can make us mad with your recommendations. You can criticize us. Do whatever you want. Because we're here for you, our lovely fans. And we will see you next time that we feel like getting together. As you can see, we have a very sporadic schedule with all kinds of stuff happening in your lives. We try to make it each week, but uh, oops, sometimes uh, life happens. Uh-oh. So uh, we'll see you next time. And uh, everyone, stay frosty. Keep being entertained and keep being awesome. 
All right, and I was Jamie. You can fight off like climate change with a knife trick <laughs> and win. Rita. <laughs> Fuzzy pickles. Oh, <laughs> nice earthbound throwback. Omelets. Good. <laughs> the omelets are everywhere. Yeah, yeah, just just farming those omelets. Okay, this guy.